Hey everybody, welcome to the Chronicles of Gnesi, Curse of the Green Sea. This is a podcast that we've recently started, bringing our home game into the internet for the rest of you to be able to hear and enjoy with the rest of us. I've got a little brief recap here of our last episode to kick us off before we get into our character introductions and then hopping right back into the story. Last time out, the Emerald Order arrived via portal to a desert island that was devoid of both vegetation and life, seemingly lost amongst the endless ocean. They quickly set out building a temporary and also rudimentary shelter from the hardened ground beneath the sand, as Dara grew the plant life among a stretch of island to create food. While foraging, a hatch was found buried in the sand, disturbed by the recent plant growth. A ladder stretched into the darkness and deep below. As the group descended, Orofarne, me, felt something grasping his ankle. Speaking of Orofarne, that is me, played by Coleman Winger. A quick fact about Orofarne is that before taking part in the siege on Slaver's Roost just a little bit ago, he actually hadn't seen open combat in about two and a half years. My name is Morgan Mendez, and I play Dara, the Druid Cleric. Uh, fun fact about Dara this week is that they do not require substance. Actually, they don't require any food, but they do. <laughs> say substance instead of sustenance? I did. You sure did. <laughs> and I realized that, man. Yeah, started. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what substance is, but substance. Yeah, but they do like to partake in fine wine. And that is a particularly interesting fact, seeing they don't need it or want it. They just, they like it, time for time. Hi, my name's Chase Ebling, and I play SDL Taurus, a human sorcerer. My piece of trivia about him this week is that he's a member of the Benign Touch Jewelers Guild. Nice. Well, I'm Avery Chandler, and I play as Quill Bernhardt, a.k.a. the Emerald Phoenix, with a really big quarterstaff. And that's part of the fun fact, is that uh, he's actually got, his quarterstaff is stained uh, by some of the essence from an astral plane due to his studies as becoming a way of the astral self monk. And I am Addison Bell, I play Clution Trailbreaker, the Swarm Keeper, Ranger, and Tracker of the group. And uh, my fun fact about Clution for this week is that uh, in the world that he came from, there was like a legend about a ranger that could shoot two to four arrows all at the same time. And he was always asked if he could do this. And he has spent much time practicing it. And he's got two down, but he's never been able to get three down and definitely not four. But someday he's determined to figure it out. Hello, my name is Jackson Childs, and I play a ancestral guardian barbarian named Zhao Jinhai. Today's trivia fact about uh, Jinhai is that he was actually part of a band back in the Marisian jungle. Uh, he played acoustic drums uh, that he carries slinked over on his hip. Um, however, he's been known to break them a few times. Hi, guys. I'm, I'm Marshall Mendez, the DM of the group. Um, my fun fact today is uh, not a fun fact, but just the fact that I have a lump in my throat that's very sizable on my thyroid, so it hurts to talk and breathe. Uh, so... If I sound funny, that's why. <laughs> so, last time, uh, thanks to that beautiful recap from Coleman, um, we know that the session ended as the strange creature had reached up and was nearly grasping Orofarne's ankle. 
I'll say that because of the ability that you had active last time, uh, you have a chance to react however you wish. Um, looking below, is it just dis- like ascend from the darkness completely, and I don't see any farther than that? Looking down, you, yeah, you don't see the bottom of this ladder just yet. But, but you do see just... this very strange-looking creature. Uh, you can see these long fingers that are maybe, I don't know, like 10, 11 inches long each. Uh, they're kind of curled and gnarled and pushed around, like a, almost like broken on the hand, uh, some of them bending the wrong way. One of the hands is like grasping one of the rungs of the ladder, and you can see the fingers are just twisting and, and hang a good few inches down below where the, the knuckles have grasped. Um, the arm itself, as you look down, it's this thin, emaciated forearm that gives way to a large, muscular bicep. Um, the forearm itself probably being about four feet long. And looking down, the bicep seems to extend, that, that whole upper portion of the arm seems to extend another three feet. And you can see a terrible, terrible face looking up at you, half rotted away, uh, this, this bestial kind of, imagine like a werewolf head, but half of that head is completely rotted around the face, leaving the skull. And you can see like one eye just looking up at you, whereas the rest of his face is completely gone as a skeleton. Uh, the mouth is hanging open with a few uh, uh, pieces of meat kind of connecting it still. The tongue is this long, long, terrible tongue that flicks out toward you, and you can see it has teeth. And it's reaching for your ankle. Uh, is there actual space in between us, or is it about to do that, and now you're giving me a moment to do something? It's about five feet away. The hand is about five feet away, creeping up toward you, shooting out blindingly fast, had crept through the shadows prior. Okay. Um, he's just going to go, oh, shit, 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 shit. And I'm going to cast, he's going to reach his obsidian hand down below him, and he's going to cast Fog Cloud right beneath him, and you see it's just black, thick smoke just pours out of his hand beneath him and then he looks up and he says uh, there's something fucking creepy down here um everyone keep an eye out do i have some type of reaction i can take in this uh, yes that's what i was about to ask you if you wanted to do anything either since um, you are right above him and can can i make out the figure mostly yes um it is grotesque uh, kind of the same thing that orifarni saw but getting a bit of a more having a more obstructed view, but also because of your sight and the way it works with your shadow sorcery, um, you're able to see the rest of this creature's body. So like looking at the, the twin arms that are each like four to five feet or, or sorry, like seven to eight feet long each. Um, you can see that there's a, a very stunted small body almost growing underneath the arms. So it's like the head and shoulders and arms are connected. And then there's like a long neck almost, like a torso-like neck that descends down another foot. And then two smaller arms, a small torso and waist, and two very short stubbly legs. Um, and and it, it, it seems like it's taking hostile action as far as... I'm it concerned. definitely is reaching up toward Orifarne. 
Okay. Uh, I need an intelligence saving throw. As I'm cast summoning the shadow blade and casting something. Okay. Uh, DC 17. <laughs> that's, that's a nine. <laughs> yeah, so you take... Let me get my D6s. Oof, bad. Five points of um, psychic damage. As I... I didn't mean to click that. Why? Why game? Um, as I uh, cast Mind Sliver on it. Okay. And it's as... got a negative D4 on the next save it makes. Sure. As you cast Mind Sliver, you see the hand that's reaching up for Orofarni. The, the long, twisted fingers just barely grasp his ankle. And as you pull your ankle away, the spell takes hold. And you watch the creature just recoil back, its hand slipping off of Orofarni and the other hand letting go of the latter rung. And it falls and falls past your vision until distantly you hear a loud thud as it hits the ground. He kind of just smacks you on the ankle from below you, Orofarne does, and he said, <clears throat> Well, that saves me trying to have to find a weapon here last minute then, I guess, huh? That's a nasty little creature. I don't um, know what the fuck that was. What's going on down there? We're having a picnic. <laughs> Sounds like some picnic. I can't see past Jin. Jin is mm-hmm. just like, oh, oh, uh, uh, sorry. Uh. <laughs> you think we should descend farther? Uh, well, descend into this or go up back to the heat. Yeah, I'm gonna leave my fog cloud here just for the moment and probably dispel it as we uh, get down past it. Then he starts climbing. Climbing down, obviously keeping an eye below him. The creature fell for quite some time before we heard a thud. Yeah, fell for a few seconds at least. Long way. Long fall. I, I could climb. Possibly toss you one of these torches. I could hand it to Jin, who could hand it to you. Maybe you could drop one of them down to see how far. Count the seconds. Sure. I imagine Jin just like passes it down with his foot because he's a gorilla, so he can <laughs> yeah. use them. just like hand to foot. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, so I'll use. Uh, I'm not down the ladder yet, so I will use produce flame to light the torch and hand it down. Just carefully, carefully. Please hand this down to Orfarner, please. Jin kind of takes it in his foot and passes it down. I don't remember who was right above me, but I'll pass it down to Orofani when it gets down here. Perfect. Drop. Oh. Okay. Let's see. Uh, now we have to do some math. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's been falling for so long. It falls, it falls for about... Well, I mean, gravity will accelerate any object at a rate of 32 feet per second. Per second. Um, per second, per second, yes. Uh, I'm going to say it falls for about 10 seconds. When you watch it just slowly down okay. and hits the ground. Imagine it like fades from view unless mm-hmm. that light can yeah. really travel that far. It's about 320 feet, yeah. It's just a pinprick almost as it hits the ground. That's a ways down. What does it look like before I, before I hit the ground? Anything? Any obstacles? Any creatures? We good? 
was it just tunnel, 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 and then seemed what to did be. it open up? Sure. It seemed to be tunnel, and then at some point you see the light that was kind of confined into this circular five-foot area kind of expand briefly, which in your perspective, it, it looks like the light suddenly becomes focused and, and not so blinding in a circle. And then it hits the ground and kind of just slowly illuminates this area around it. Well, that's pretty far, isn't it? <laughs> I guess we keep I guess as we're as we're going down, I suppose I'll uh, since I have that dark vision from the uh, the visage, um, I'll keep looking around if there's any tunnels that are like horizontally present, like sure, midway sure. through the uh, tunnel leading down. Just to be sure, just in case anybody else isn't paying attention to that. Excellent idea. Why don't you give me a uh, perception check as that happens? And we'll get right. to it as it comes down. Your pass is pretty good either way, so it's probably not going to matter too much. But I guess since I'm actively looking, 21. Exactly. Okay. I'll keep that in mind as you go down. Farney's going to get out <clears throat> out of his belt uh, a very nicely crafted smith's hammer and he's just gonna hold it in his right hand as he's going down the ladder <laughs> quill on the way down you do not notice any side tunnels that are how do i want to say this habitable uh, you do see a few kind of indentations in the walls and tunnel that uh could serve as like a a stopping point or a resting point for a smaller creature um, but nothing that could extend farther. That's cool. All right. Works. And <clears throat> Orofarne and SDL, as you descend, uh, eventually the tunnel begins to open up, and Orofarne and SDL both um, with your, your visions. Uh, <laughs> SDL first, I imagine, um, just due to the nature of the shadow kind of tenebrous magic he's got. You see the, the closed circular tunnels start to open up, and it is initially just a, a stone room that you find yourself submerging down into. It's not a huge room by any measure, maybe 30 feet across either way. Um, it's about 15 feet tall. There is singularly, uh, the singular only piece of like furniture in this entire room is the ladder that descends down the center of it. Um, the torch is right below you. As it kind of illuminates some of the stone, uh, you can see that it's like a brownish gray kind of color and just regular rough hewn texture. It's a pretty boring looking room. <laughs> and what of our beastie friend? Make a perception check. I was going to be looking as well, so can I give him an advantage? Sure. Uh, let's see. Let me see here. This is also considered dim light. Um, 15. Looking around, doesn't seem to be any sign of it. But there... with a 15, you notice that there is on the eastern wall, on the eastern wall, there is a um, indentation that looks to be about seven feet wide by seven feet tall. And kind of exploring that kind of area further just with your vision not necessarily getting closer i'm not trying to you know but as you're kind of looking over the area you do see uh what appears to be a large stone button next to the door well from my experience 
buttons are never good to be pressed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we'll wait until the rest of the group make their way down. Yep. Somebody keep an eye on Quill. If there's a button. <laughs> I won't press it this time. Last time we almost died. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. The rest of you, not far behind, um, managed to make your way down the ladder. Jinhai, as you get to an area where the, the tunnel opens into this larger room, um, being able to finally stretch out a little bit starts to feel nice on your body. Uh, I kind of like, is there enough room for me to actually like stand up fully? Yeah. Yeah, it's 15 oh, feet yeah. tall in here, 30 feet wide. Thank God. 30 feet long. Large room. You, you're just going to like, Almost like uh, an arch, just trying to stretch out his arms, like twisting his torso, trying to pop anything that's been tight in the descent. Um, DM, I'm going to uh, cast the thing. So you, uh, you all watch as he takes out a, um, it looks like a gyroscope-looking thing, and kind of gives it a light spin as I cast Detect Magic. You get... Quite a bit of pings all around you. Um, of course, the the throwaway is that a lot of them are from your party. You do detect some transmutation magic on that button by the door. In the room itself, that's the only magic you see. Is the button on the door. And being as the stone seems to be thick enough to block the vision past it, uh, that's all you got, really. Your comrades in the button... Well, the button is enchanted for sure. Maybe I changed my mind. Maybe we should just press it. <laughs> Let me try just one thing very quickly, if you don't mind. Um, he's going to just hold up his hand and with his middle finger and his thumb, pull his ring off of his left index finger and kind of do a little flourish with it. And he's going to place it against the stone door. <clears throat> Um, mm. is the door six inches thick or less? It is not. So he puts his eye up to this ring against the door, and you guys don't really know what's happening, and he goes, hmm, that's a thick one. And he just puts it back on with the same hand and steps back. Are we down the ladder yet? Yeah, yeah everybody's does? descended at this yeah, point. Yeah, we're all, we're all down there. Okay, I'm just making sure. What is... What is beyond the dim light? I'd like to go at least 20 feet forward with a torch to see. Sure, like I said, uh, the room is like 30 feet in each direction, so easy enough. Um, which so, direction do you want to go? Uh, so from the ladder north, 20 mm -hmm. feet, don't go any okay. farther. Just Dar's just going to hold their torch out. I'm going to, to the party, uh, I'm going to go forward a little bit to see what's in front of us. Um, I'm not going to stray too far, just to kind of give us some more light. Um, and I'm going to go forward that distance. Do I see anything? Do I see any scrapes on the ground, tracks, evidence of any sort of life? Make, so are you wanting to do investigation or perception? Yes, investigation. Okay. Go ahead and make an investigation check. A nine. Okay. Okay. Nine. The northern side of the room, as you're pulling the light closer, 
Um, doesn't reveal much. It's stone, boring, gray-brown color all around you. Yeah, I'll say that you notice there are some patterns on the stone, um, but in the dim lighting that you've brought with you, it's not really from from 10 feet away from the wall. It's on the wall. You're not okay. able to really make out what they are. Okay. I will uh, turn to Clusion. Yes? Uh. Can you come check this on the wall real quick? Certainly. <laughs> There's some symbols. I don't quite recognize them. I'm going to start just like walking past you straight towards the wall. Unless you tell me to stop. <laughs> yeah, so Dara's standing 10 feet from the wall still holding the torch. <laughs> you NPC. <laughs> <laughs> boom. Boom. Well, I mean, she's boom. like, well, she's like, hey, look at this thing on the wall. Because she's going to go to the wall. <laughs> That's what I intend on this you to wall. do. Yes. <laughs> it's a mighty fine wall. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that you weren't like trying to keep us 10 feet away from the wall for some reason or something like that. No. So I was giving you the opportunity to be like, hey, stop it. <laughs> no. So I will walk up to the wall and, and inspect this. You want investigation or perception there, Mr. Mister? I would say that... You are trying to investigate it, I imagine, right? Yeah, you betcha. Dang, I have less of a modifier on that. <laughs> Still a 21. Still a 21, good, good. With that investigation check, I'll say that they appear to be very nature-y. <laughs> and your discerning um, check there. I'll say because you hung out with Gavik and because he hung out with Dara, you can presume that this is written in Druidic. Uh, Dara, you're probably going to have better luck making sense of this than I am. Uh, huh. It's writing, but it's Druidic, I believe. I uh, I can't really tell exactly what it says. I do speak that, and my eyes must be pretty bad in this lighting at the moment. I'm sorry. Yes, uh, I, I'll take a look at it, a closer look. I'll walk over towards you and take a glance at the druidic uh dm do i need to make a certain check to read it or just if you're bringing the light with you no you'll just be reading it yeah, of course um, i'm bringing the light yes when you were standing 10 feet away it was causing dim light on the surface so it was a little harder to look at from 10 feet away small etchings on a wall um, but up close with the light you're able to read it fine in druidic it says beware those who enter here for these tunnels of time and destiny, fate and prophecy will twist and turn your soul until it is nothing but black abyss. So I'll turn to Clusion and I'll say, well, uh, I'll sum it up. It says, uh, do not enter here. Uh, big bad things that are beyond our thinking of time and space uh, will suck out our soul as black as Gavik's uh, humor. And I'll just say that out loud and be like, hey guys, we found something over here. It's, uh, it's saying something about we shouldn't enter the door. I don't know if we should press the button or we should explore further down the, this place. And uh, I just want to make sure this is like a um, longer metal. It is like, is it stone or is it like dirt? This is stone. All of it around you is stone. All right. Well, the low key I mean, present us here. Yeah, I mean. I feel like yeah, and isn't is that just the kind of thing that you just write on the wall if you wanted somebody to stay out? 
Oh, the keep out sign. Like danger, do not enter. Right. I wonder who that's for. Yeah. Probably a bunch of puppies in there. (laughs) Wouldn't press the button. Might be Sarkis. No, that's okay. Who is is Sarkis? Oh, I'm sorry, Jen. (laughs) Oh, right. Uh, He's a dear friend of ours. Um, uh, You may meet him someday. We'll see. All right. Ooh. The the um, <laughs> little gyroscope is still spinning like mad. Wouldn't mind going, uh, exploring more of this place before pushing buttons, so to speak. Sounds like you guys had a bad rep. Buttons, so it was well, is just one button. It was one bone monster. We got away. There was three. <laughs> <laughs> and well, we we only got away because my father had saved us. Yeah, because your father knew we were dipshits. Really? Wow. Lucky to have him, I guess. Good dad. Good dad. Yeah, he's a really good guy. Um, well, you may have seen him before since you were at Slaver's Roost. The battle. Oh, that's right. He was. He looks I, a lot I didn't, like me. Just I didn't not see as him handsome. in the battle. Yes, yes. I didn't see him in the battle, but I did see him when I got to Karth. He told me that you guys came to Narosa. So that's right. Good for you. Right. And hey, just to make sure that you know, and you can see Quill's kind of like, you know, putting his head close to you or whatever. The only reason I pushed the button in the first place is because, well, none of the buttons were being pushed. And, I mean, we all have our vices. just nods a little bit and stands up. <laughs> he was ha- halfway crouched down to meet you. He stands back mm-hmm. up. He's like, uh, I'm positioning myself between Quill and the button, at least for now. Lucian just looks at SDL knowingly and he's like, just like a, a visual, like thank you, like go <laughs> <laughs> um, give shark eyes. <laughs> give him the benefit of the doubt. He was trying to figure out something while we were down there. So, but we weren't. We weren't really doing any. We were kind of just like looking around. Then I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna push it through this. So. <laughs> and then two bone devils attacked us. Yep, bone devils. Who is killer? Fuck. Quill, you and Clucian both, as you're having this conversation, get the feeling that you're being watched from one of the darker sides of the room. And as you both turn to look, being able to see mostly, Quill, you notice at first the creature from before huddling in one of the corners, just hiding. Like it's peering at us? It is peering and leering and lurking. Uh, It's currently got its hands kind of splayed out like this and it's got uh so like its left hand is palm down and its right hand is palm up and its long gangly arms are lifting up this small torso and body god Uh, it's like a bloodborne monster (laughs) yeah uh dark souls this is not you can see (laughs) you can see that the one of the arms is completely uh kind of gored from the wrist down, it's missing its hand. And the other arm, uh, and these are the arms on the torso of the body, not the arms that are holding it up. And it's holding a very long knife. And the creature is just kind of watching you. You can see its fingers just slowly kind of raking the stone beneath it. If the, if the visage is still up, then um, mm-hmm. I believe an ability of that is that I can speak to one person with no one else hearing. Of course, I can confirm that, but... Um, 
Yeah. I believe that's an ability of the visage. Um, yes, it is. And uh, so I'll speak to Clusion in that, uh, I guess, hushed tone. And you, you see the creature that's watching us by any chance. Clusion nods <laughs> very slowly. That's smart. What do we do? What, what do we do about this? This could be more did, of them. I mean, there could be, but do we do we know? Did it try to hurt us? Dude, it tried to fucking grab his ankle and rip him down the ladder from like 320 feet up. Okay, yeah, that's kind of hostile. Yeah, that's fair. Clusion reaches it. He's like, I don't have my bow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like uh, Lord of the Rings when Legolas goes to grab his arrow and there's nothing there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, uh, well, I mean, if we're going to confront it, I think we have to all do it at once. That's the only way we're going to stand a chance. We need to hurt it, like we are the sheep dogs, and it is the sheep. That would be an option. We need to hold uh, it into a corner. Just to confirm, this whole conversation is like in your head, right? Well, it is. Um, so it's basically <laughs> like you can direct your words to a creature of your choice that you can see within 60 feet of you, making it so okay. that <laughs> that creature can only hear you. Okay. Yeah, it's like a we're one-sided just, conversation that you're hearing. Okay. So it's basically yeah, I'm, like I'm just... you could be in a club <laughs> as Quill, Astral Heart, or Bernhardt, and be across the room in the club and like whisper to somebody and nobody else would be able to hear it. Like given that, uh, so they just hear me speaking like really softly to nobody. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And we can still see your lips moving too. Your beak. (laughs) (laughs) He's just looking into nothing. Just like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Your mouth is moving and you're like very, very softly speaking. You're just like, (laughs) <laughs> I just uh, want to make sure I had the image in my head correctly. Well, um, do you think it can hear us? I don't know. I, maybe it has amazing <laughs> hearing. I, I... <laughs> right, let's let's try something. Uh, what's what's your name, friend? Does it respond? Oh, can, like we don't even feet. know if we can talk. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem to to um. Nothing about its behavior or stance changes as you speak to it. Can I try to deceive okay. it? <laughs> you can try. Hey, um, Orofane. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about the, the, um, the old man that grew up in our village? Well, he wasn't a man, but an elf. He had, um, gangly arms and a gourd... And and um, very messed up looking face. He was such a nice gentleman, and uh, well, he also carried a knife around with him too, and he, he never stabbed anyone. Did I ever tell you about that? He never stabbed did anyone he, yet. Did he look similar <laughs> to the motherfucker that fell down just a few minutes ago? Um, yeah, I'd say they look just alike. I don't know if you saw well, that. Just thing slowly turns his head back, just. At the creature, just looks at it. <laughs> Doesn't react. I'm gonna make an insight check. This might just be casual conversation. Mm. 
12. Do I clock this or no? Wait. <laughs> Did he deceive mm -hmm. even me? Orifarne. Orifarne. I think that depends uh, how clever Orifarne is. <laughs> he, he's, so, he's average intelligence. He makes you feel any better. I rolled nine on deception, if that's allowed. So, if it makes you feel worse, uh, you'll need to make it at disadvantage because you're trying to perceive it in darkness in the corner and you have night vision, which makes it dim. Uh, I need to do mine at, mine at disadvantage. Yes. Okay, the first one was a 12. This one is a 10. <laughs> and he rolled a 9, you said? For his mm -hmm. deception, yeah. Uh-huh. I kind of just clocked the creature... you over your shoulder, and I'm like, oh. The creature like... doesn't seem to respond uh, at all to the spoken word that's been happening so far. Um, or Farna, you actually noticed that it isn't really gazing at anyone in particular. Um, like as Quill was talking to it, it was not looking at Quill. Um, and when Clucian was talking, it wasn't looking at him. You can see kind of the fire reflecting in its eyes, or it's, it's one eye. <laughs> um, it seems to just be staring straight ahead. Open up my wingspan? Yeah, you open your wings, uh, make them wide. You watch as the head just slowly cocks to look at you. That's really creepy. Might it look scared by any chance? If that's something you can discern from such a mangled, expressionless face. Yeah. I was going to say, you could, you could make an insight check, but honestly, uh, it, there's not much expression going on with it. Seeing as like most of the face is kind of skull. <laughs> um, it's, Perhaps it, in the way that it's... Like it's uh its stance or whatever. I remember you telling me that it had one palm up, one palm down, hold itself up, and then another hand had like a knife. Yeah. Uh from from what you had seen and with your passive, uh you can see that it's it, it looks like it's hiding. Whether that be due to fear or due to an experienced hunter stalking its prey. Uh it's hard to tell. Well maybe we should just leave it alone. That's what I was thinking. Just, just leave it be. Uh, well, maybe just one person keep an eye on it. If it attacks us, then we'll just kill it. But uh, otherwise, live and let live. Uh, Do we... I, can, I can definitely look over it just to make sure it doesn't surprise us at any moment. Do we really want to proceed leaving something flanking us, just waiting for us to meet up with its family and friends? Or, when we go back up top, it climbs up the ladder and stabs us in our sleep. Thiel, you and I were the only ones that haven't mentioned anything during this. Would we have noticed, Marshall, any of this conversation I mean, you're happening? watching everybody else have a conversation about I'm, I'm it just and asking. reacting toward it. So yes, um, you would know. Specifically, I'm going to... SDL. Um, I think yes. you have more experience with this than I do, but... Um, I'm going to try to do something, if it's okay with everyone. But I wanted to ask Estiel's in particular, this isn't really something that's an animal, and I'm not used to it. It's more of something that's uh, unrecognizable. I'm thinking if I put it to sleep, we could go investigate it a little bit more without harming it and and leave it 
Uh, at least we know that it's asleep. Uh, that way we can kind of investigate it further to see what it is and calculate its its body and everything like that. We need to study this to know it, but without hurting it. It might not hurt us. It might just be scared, but I would like to find out. Um, on that point, DM, would Estiel have ever read about uh, existences like this? Aberrant or otherwise? I would say probably not. This is something that is largely beyond description. Something that I don't think any of you would have seen or heard of before. Yeah, that wouldn't be in the beast theory. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> Welcome to check. Clution uh, will produce Varn's bestiary, Codex of the Tinnitsari, from his bag. Glitter and, sound proceeds. Uh, <laughs> the B-Siri does not have anything on this particular feature. Well, to answer your uh, question there, Dara, putting things to sleep doesn't always work, and it's not, that's not super reliable from my experience. If you say so. It's not a bad idea by any measure. But... Well, I think we give it a shot, and if it doesn't work and gets aggressive, we just fucking kill it. With reason, with reason that this we are here in its territory and we are trying to get out, it might have something to do with us. I mean, I if we've never out. seen anything like this before and we're in a, a magical realm, I'm assuming, that this obviously the lore keeper has placed this in because everything has been quite unnatural since we've gotten here. I'm just wondering if this is something created by the lore keeper to test us. And you have every right to under to to kill it. I just don't think we should. Sure. Let's just go ahead then. I'm not standing in the back. Or are we all in agreement that I could try to put it to sleep? And yeah. then perform an autopsy? Seems yeah. not an autopsy, no. No, no, no. no. I'd just like are to you a doctor. I thought, well, I knew one, and by proxy, I am a professional. <laughs> good, good. Uh, now, you said that you wanted to learn about it. We could use some metal off of your body to cut it open, study its parts, and learn more about it. Uh, oh, I could hear oh. Gavik now. <laughs> Gavik would have said to... Take it Jin out. Jinhai is like dry it. heaving. <clears throat> yeah, Jin, we're not gonna. I don't want to kill it. I don't want to dis dissect it. I don't. I'm not looking to learn its biology makeup. I am looking to just find out what it is closer. I need more of a view. Well, I got your back. Anything right. goes wrong, I'll just fucking bash its skull in, I guess. See? An autopsy either way. <laughs> All right. Are you casting this at first level or higher? First. Okay. So go ahead and roll 5d8 and okay. give me the total. 13! <laughs> 13! 5d8. Got a 13. Oh my. It's uh, funny, but wow. it was just one number sure. above the other one. So how does your spell look? Dara will take and mold some of the druid craft to create a poppy and then extract the poppy essence out of it and make that into a mist 
and fly it over towards where they assume the creature is mm -hmm. somewhere mm -hmm. everyone's pointing and so flow that mist into uh, that, those particles into that area and does it fall asleep? It does not. Fuck. I mean, ready <laughs> Uh, you see, so, you see I'm, one of the, you see the like mangled, broken right arm that's missing its fist, just kind of like slowly sweep the air in front of it toward this this kind of misty poppy like essence floating toward it, and it kind of lets it skin touch it, and it looks at itself, and then it lets its hand drop back down. Curious. Oh, hold on. So there, there's still more of this place to look at, right? Is there an area beyond yeah. this creature? We have not moved forward out of the lit area. You're currently in the northern part of the chamber. You know that in the eastern center part, there is a depression and a button. Um, but so far, that's all you know about the room. And there's a creature in the southwest corner. Uh, so how about this? I, I will keep watch. Uh... Maybe we try exploring a little bit more of this room. Uh, this creature decides to come at us. I'll be sure it's, that doesn't happen. That's fair enough. Okay. Let's see if we can get this door open or if there's any other ways out of this room. Absolutely. The door was east, you said, right? The door is to the east. Thanks. The center of the room in the east. Thanks. S STL, did you get any special pings from your magic ball about the, uh, the button? Um, we'll say that at this time the spell's uh, wearing off, and uh, as you look at it, it's you know the pendulum spinning. But now there's there's a light ring of nanites that are flowing around it as the spell drops. Um, it it was transmutative in essence, so it's hard telling really what it specifically could do. Um, I could spend some time and try to identify it, but I'm not sure if that will gain as much well what we could do is uh have all of us climb halfway up the ladder and have somebody else just press the button or do we have any anything we can summon does anyone have a mage hand or a familiar they could just well, poke like it with speaking speaking of summoning and and things running out quill your uh astral visor has dropped at this point I like visor minutes. better than visage. I like that. <laughs> I'm gonna say visor from now on. Brain was totally... like visor, visage, visor. I don't no, know. I actually like that better. Like I'm gonna it. say astral visor. It's, it's definitely better away. than uh. Somebody's that torch is still lit, right? Yeah, yeah. The torch is okay. still going well, for so now. It's very lit, fam. A bit, but not... It's like a horror film now for Quill, where the lights kind of go out. <laughs> yeah, you watch as you can see this creature fade. Yeah. Wait, you, what it's did like you, you can say? see the creature you can see the creature in the corner very well and then suddenly the darkness starts pooling around it and it gets totally obscured and you're like oh, oh. which makes I think SDL and Klushin and maybe Orifarne the only ones who can see the creature in the room right now oh well I can no, I can reach through darkness to affect things, but just as I said, it has to be darkness. 
I understand. And it would be too risky to have us put out these lights and assume that this thing won't do anything. Assuming that it goes by movement. Wait a minute. Quill, didn't you say this thing can't, it's not responding to sound? Doesn't seem to be. So if we put out our torches and SDL leads us to the dark, it can't sense our movement, but SDL can see it and we can't be seen, which means that it can't find us because it can't hear us. It was responding to movement, if I'm not wrong. That's what I'm saying. So if it can't see us, it doesn't know where to go. To say it, it, it can't see us in the dark. Exactly. Yeah, I thought this creature lived it, in the dark. Maybe it's got some kind of it. dark vision, but I, I could be. No, we opened the hatch. When we opened the hatch, it let the light in. It was able to see us come down the ladder. From there, maybe we don't know. Yeah, maybe the. I look back. It's up. completely blind. Otherwise. I look back up the ladder. Can I even see the light from up there? Very, very, very small. Yeah. But it would be enough for it to pick it up, right? If it was just sitting. Maybe. I mean, the light Again. would be... So, if it... I'll, I'll throw you a bone here. If it was sitting in the ladder or one of the cuppies around the ladder, it very likely would have seen the light up above. So, Dara, are you proposing that we go up and close the hatch? I'm proposing that we put out the torches. And SDL well, with our eyes. Well, if you can't see in the dark, then why don't you guys just stay here? I'll walk across the room where it's dark, and then I'll move, and we'll see if it sees me, and then we'll know if it can see in the dark or not. Sneaky, sneaky, let's do it. <laughs> sure. Stealth. Indeed. I mean, Staying in the room for an hour. It'd be the opposite of stealth. <laughs> SDL, I know it's crazy. I know it's crazy, SDL, but I, I just have to know how this creature works. I would rather so, know it than kill it. It'll be a I lot will... simpler if it stops breathing. <laughs> now, now he sounds like Gavik. Yeah, that's definitely with. something Gavik, our friend Gavik, would say. We've which... got another one. <laughs> oh, another my. ruthless killer. No. <laughs> I'm just impatient. It's fine. I'm really I'm indifferent. Lucian, you are separating and moving over there? Yes, very carefully. Sure. And making sure that I don't walk into another one of these things. You watch as your movement attracts its, its head as you're in the torchlight. As you leave the torchlight and feel pretty confident that you're doused in shadows, um, at least dim light slowly moving around, trying to get out of the, the area of the torch into the total darkness. Its head stops watching you and turns instead back to the group. Fascinating. How far away from it am I now? If you have moved, uh, how, how close are you to the door? How close did we start to the door? We're like, were we midway you, you of the were, northern wall? You were in the center north, yeah. And the door is in the center east. It is okay, in the well, I, southwest corner. I would have just tried to go like pretty much straight across the room. 
like okay, past so the ladder or whatever to south. Okay. Where, however far it took to get out of the torchlight. Okay, so I'll say you're on the other side of the ladder area, which would put you roughly 25 feet from the creature. Okay. I want to... And it's looking towards the torch? Yeah. Seems to be. I want Again, to... it's got one eye, and it, it seems to be looking at the torch. I want to summon my mage hand on the wall right behind it and tap on the bricks to see if it responds to sound that close by. Okay. Yeah. You summon your mage hand and tap on the brick. And as it does, like light bits of dust and particles begin to kind of fall. Um, make a perception check at disadvantage because you are in the dark, motherfucker. That is a 11. Wow, that could have went better. <laughs> 11. <laughs> doesn't, seem to, doesn't seem to notice. Damn. All right, I'll I'll walk back to the group, keeping an eye on it as I do. I'm not just like turn around, and be like, okay, here we go. <laughs> you just hear Omai Womo. Shinderu. No, so as you begin walking back, as soon as you enter the dim light, you see the creature's head just pivot and look at you and tracks you as you get back to the group. Okay. Pivot is a jargon word. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 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 I do have to be you I am sorry. Okay. me. Okay. <laughs> I learned oh. that on a podcast the other night. Anyway. So it, it cannot track us in the dark. It seems to be reliant on the torch. I also uh, tried to see if it responded to sounds or movement that's very close to it without uh, it, without a light source, but I, I couldn't tell for sure whether or not it it uh, was reactionary to that. Then my assumption is correct. If we go dark, and not in the sense of like Jack Bauer on twenty four, but oh my god, <laughs> where's that ghost going? Ghost going dark. Anyway, being. In the dark might help. Uh, I also have another assumption. And I would like if you all could hear me out on this. But the door the door said where we enter there that our hearts darken. You have to forgive me, Marshall. But my ability to copy what you say down faster than the way you say it is not good. I believe um, you said something about turning your soul into a dark abyss. There, yes. I'm wondering Turn if your soul black. this is a symbol or a result. And they they just they just kind of freeze up and Dara doesn't know how to say it. I've never dealt with something like this before and I can't think of a reason why they don't the core the, the two don't correlate together but i can't figure out how and why and i'm wondering if this is what happens if we don't get out you know what i'm gonna try something uh, i'm gonna try to ask uh teb if they've ever experienced something like this or know what this thank you sdl so reaching into that connection within myself Ask it away. 
What specifically? Um, yeah, this creature, it's kind of, well, I wouldn't say it's of your realm, but it has similar effects. What, what do you make of this? You hear silence, mostly. Um, and then almost imagery flashing in your mind, slowly uh, followed by words, by speech, that start off very ancient and very foreign and slowly decipher and make sense in your head. As Tebet Nezelray, the shadow dragon that resides within your soul, uh, begins to speak and says, this is not something that I've seen. This creature is something inorganic, false life, perhaps. Beyond that, I do not know. Something predatory. I really that to the group. I have a thought. Being as the, the speech that was written in Druidic, um, I assume other people have been sent here before. I think that this creature could be a result of someone's heart turning black. That's mm -hmm. what I'm beginning to wonder. I'm very good and observant. Thank you, STL and Quill. That's where my mind was puzzled. And I can't figure out the riddle too much. But I think that is what the lore keeper is trying to get us to understand. With my previous knowledge of transmutation magic, maybe the button would transmute an organic being into something like this if it were to be pressed. It could be a trap or a test. We were sent as a group because he thought that we weren't cohesive enough. There's only one individual here. Maybe what triggers it is if you try to do it alone. With our powers combined, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Captain Planet, we should push the button together. Clucian, you are right. <laughs> Who's going to be Heart? Volunteers. You just hear STL sigh. Who's going to be Heart? <laughs> or Farney? Jin? Well, you damn well know that I'll press the button. Who's going to be Heart? Who's going to do it with me? I will do it with you. Yeah, we could look at the other walls first, though, also. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Bar was so convinced but, by his speech. <laughs> but <laughs> I, if everybody wants to push the button, I'm with you guys. I trust can you guys. I, Just to make a quick perception room, uh, on the, uh, perception check on the room. Yes. This is like, can I make an insight check on the DM? <laughs> yeah, inside the DM screen. <laughs> You can make a perception on the room, yes. That's awful. Nine. Nine. Lots of boring stones. Uh, somewhat repeating messages on the walls. Similar to the one on the north side. Looks to be the same set of squiggles. Similar squiggles, okay. Mm, looks to be almost an exact copy everywhere you look. Almost as if, I'll say, I'll, I'll give you this one. Almost as if the 
writing had been frantically carved just over and over and over and over. Like this being here is the one that carved it. It's not always uniform. Um, I'm going to scoot a little closer to this thing so I have it in in my sight. Does the (laughs) end of its dagger appear dull? Yes, it actually appears broken. It's a long blade, probably nine or ten inches, but the tip of it is broken off. Move back to the group. Well, I think that our uh, light enamored friend over there is the uh, author of the the notes on the wall. So it can speak Druidic. It can at least write it. Or at least it used to be able to. Okay, that that is enough for me. But it's probably not going to be able to stab you very well if you get too close to it. Dagger's broke. I'd like to see it try. <laughs> Dara, Dara, oh, no. speak in druidic to the creature. I should, but like it's spoken language, or <laughs> is it more writing? I should. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I could. Oro's gonna fart and he's just gonna walk forward about halfway through the room. He's gonna put his hands up, he's gonna belt his his hammer, and he's just gonna have his hands up, and then he's gonna lean down and he's gonna draw a giant line across the room in the dirt, and he's gonna draw a big X on our side of it. He's gonna throw him a bit of jerky and say, Don't fucking move, okay? Good. Just like watches you the Great. entire time. Its head cocks, its arms yep. kind of it's like balancing the weight of its entire weird horror yep. body like on its two hands. And so it's like watching you and slowly swaying a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And as you're kind of kicking up some of the loose dirt on the ground over the stones and drawing the X, uh, you're speaking to it. It just kind of cocks its head and watches. He's going to give all. it a bow and a thumbs up and he's just going to back away. All right. You see one of the thumbs. Up. No, I'm just kidding. You don't see. Ew. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> God. It, it moves its nub where a hand used to be, like it's trying to thumbs up back. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> this creature is a result, I feel, of this place, a failure to complete whatever circuit, challenge, whatever it is. It's setting up warnings. We either need to go back up and find another plan, or we need to push forward. Well, our only plan up top was to survive, which seems a temporary solution. All right, do you? I'd be happy to stand at the X and say something. If not, we need to powers combine. Press the button. <laughs> well, it hasn't attacked us yet, so I think that I think you should try to speak to it in Druidic okay. and at least see if that has any effect the question is what to ask something that's been here so long just for it not to kill us so we can move on you guys see SDL thumbing his uh, amulet you alright SDL uh just a thought I don't know if it would work um like we purified Nermus before I didn't know if maybe it would work here do we sense that word that it's really hard for my brain to say, Marshall? I don't think this is a malevolent born creature, but 
You do not sense any malevolence on the creature. Are you friend? You watch as the creature watches you move. And you ask your question and it doesn't respond. I'm gonna write! <gasps> I'm gonna... Let's say, guys, we spent like the first 30 minutes deciding to talk to it. Hour and 15 minutes. I'm so mm. sorry. <laughs> I'm going to... Guys, I'm gonna try to write Andruidic. I'm I'm gonna write a sentence. So beyond the line, I'm going to walk past the line and write on the ground in Druidic. What are you uh, writing? Are my finger. I am staying I have close to Dara. Need Just and I'm going to write on wait, 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 wait. Wait. Is this dirt on the ground? I pre-assumed it was dirt. No, I told you it was stone on the ground. That's right, it's stone. So uh, I will take one of the... Tor no, I will take my <laughs> produce flame. Mm -hmm. I will produce flame on one of my fingers. And mm -hmm. I, will I will simmer into the stone. Druidic, hello, are you a friend? And point to it. And start backing up. Does it acknowledge what I've done? And will it come closer to the line? Clusion, let's back up. It's I'm in the corner. <laughs> um, it's a good, like, 30 feet exactly from the center of the room. Um, it's still just watching. Oh it's made no movement since you've come down here. All right. It's fucking brain dead. Yeah. Is it is it bleeding at all? Well, first question: Do you have dark vision? Yeah, no. I've just been sitting over here, like wondering like, what the fuck is going on. <laughs> yeah, you can't see him in the corner in the darkness. I was I, I was gonna offer my chalk for Dara to use, but she got she was pretty interested in using the flame to make a message. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna back off. Um. <clears throat> Is there anything else but the button? No. Guys, this is not move, a puzzle. I, <laughs> this is let's not just a move puzzle. towards the button as a unit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Welcome to D&D. Marshall's like, share. I made a room with one button and a monster in it, and you guys wasted a fucking hour and a half <laughs> trying to make it a puzzle. There's <laughs> no more right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a check. I want to know this creature's name. Carl, I guess. <laughs> As a group, can we push the button? Yes. Yes, all of please. Oral has our been standing powers. with his thumb on the door. Do you have like the light on or off as you move over there? Well, shit, still... the light is. The light is on because I will be it looking back at the creature. I'm just as bringing we do it, it back up in case you forgot. The light is on. Okay. I'm making the light is on. Decision. You guys move over to the button. You watch as the creature just cocks its head and turns its body slightly as it watches you. It takes two lumbering steps on its hands and it stays there watching. For our audio audience, uh, Orofarne <laughs> is pushing the button. <laughs> We're all, I'm also pushing the button. I think we should do this together. 
Jesus I'm like just like exactly resting my hand buttons. on it. <laughs> okay. There's don't... one in the room this time. We don't have a choice of three. <laughs> you push the button, and you hear this large, like grinding noise. It's like <laughs> kind of noise as the stone begins to slowly pull away uh, from the center out, and the door is kind of replaced with a dark purple portal. Oh boy, more portals. Okay. Lucian's going to take a torch and hold the part that you would light and push the other end into the portal and pull it back out. Does it appear the same? Yeah. What? Didn't really tell us anything except for that <laughs> the torch came over it. <laughs> <laughs> or Farney's gonna stick his his obsidian arm in and then pull it back. Anything at all? It's your arm. Nope, he walks in. <laughs> You're all so indecisive when he walks in. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Clution will go behind him. That's two of the people with dark vision, just yep. for uh, people keeping track at home. I, I have dark vision. <laughs> Do you? Oh shit! I thought yes, you didn't. Yes, I I do. It's part of my perks, being a, of the twilight. Oh, it's it's your new thing that you got. Yes, it is really uh, nice. Yeah. I have dark vision up to when I find that number. Three hundred feet. It says yes, here. Yes, three hundred feet. Oh, God. Wow! How the but hell? I... The eyes of the night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You only get that when you use it. Yes, it's a special. So you don't thing. actually have it unless you use it. Yeah. Yep, so if I wanted to, but it's not, I'm just. You and up to four others that you can see within 10 feet of you for one hour can have 300 foot dark vision. Damn. It's a nice thing. But again. Oh, no, no, no. You have it all the time. Sorry. You can share it once per long rest. Oh, then I read that wrong too. Okay. Yeah, cool. I did too. Cool. There you go. I read it as you were reading. I was like, a lot yeah, of fucking thing. dark vision. Yes. So, anyway. uh, or Forna, you come to this side of the portal often? <laughs> <laughs> Does everybody step through? I guess. Just, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Mm. <laughs> you get to the other side. You're standing in a forest. Great tall trees all around you. One tree stands far above the rest. You can just make out some of its branches and boughs. It's pretty far away, but it's clear this tree is massive. Glancing around, you can see at first what appear to be um, carvings in some of the large trees. Uh, and upon closer inspection, you notice them to actually be uh, kind of like stairs winding around. And what you thought at first were just large boughs are actually bridges in the trees that are carved to look and act like branches. Um, you hear a voice in the sky above you. And recognize it instantly as the Lord Keeper. We'll see if I can do that voice today. I thought you said the Lord. <laughs> recognize it as the Lord Keeper pretty much instantly. And it says, How long did it take you to go through a single room? An hour of playtime. <laughs> no, it'll say, uh, We did not make much haste due to our cohesion and 
collective <laughs> efforts of keeping ourselves alive as we had detected transmutation magic on the button. Mm. So we thought perhaps that it was a trap. And working together, we came to a deduction that it wasn't. And the button. And here we find you. No response. Dara. The area around you is very familiar. Uh, I heard trees. This is an area that you remember from long ago. You're near the, the world tree in the Deepwood Forest. Oh, that's really familiar. The dwellings all around you that you can see in the trees that look as if they're woven from nature itself, you recognize to be that of the wood elves and of the Kakara. A marriage of beautiful architecture and nature. Hey, that is very good. I will look about me and turn to everyone and say, I do not think that our time was wasted. We did not kill anything that didn't need to be killed. We made our decisions collectively and all of us got a chance to throw in our input. Um, where we are now is actually where, where I grew up, in a sense, not really born, but woke up. So this area is very familiar to me, and I will do as much as I can to help, um, in any way. Everybody make a perception check. We're in a forest. You're in a forest. Yeah. Uh, it is daytime in this forest. Yeah. Sunny up above. <laughs> Sunlight filtering down through the trees. Fifteen. Am I also Eight. making a perception? Everybody. Okay. Twenty-eight. Lucian rolls forty. Goddamn. Yeah. Lucian rolls a forty. A twenty-six. Ooh, an eleven. Ooh. Okay. Those who rolled over twenty, which I think is just Clusian and Dara. You notice, Clusian. I'll say you first because you got higher as well. Uh. In glancing around the immediate area, you can see fairly quickly some of the figures in the trees. Uh, and they're kind of watching you. They're wearing very primitive style clothing. Uh, kind of like the minimal <laughs> required to not get an R rating. <laughs> um, it's, it's think like uh, 10,000 BC. It's it's very minimal, except instead of like leather and hide, it's more like woven materials um, from the forest itself, almost as if it was a gift. Uh, very ornate and decorated, but very basic. And from the earth. Some of them are in the trees with bows and arrows. Some of them are in the trees wielding swords, looking down at you. But that's not what catches your attention what really catches your attention is a younger tree could have nestled between a couple of larger ones. Your eyes follow his, and you can see this, this younger tree growing between two larger ones. And it has what looks to be... You, you catch a, a metal flash in the sunlight as the leaves kind of bend and, and flow with the wind. A, a metal flash catches your eye. And Dara... You instinctively know that that is you. Like I'm seeing something from the past? 
it's almost like you're seeing yourself when you fell asleep and a tree grew around you in the forest. Dar doesn't really know what to think about that. Sweaty that... guy, some sweaty guy with an axe comes out and he's got like a plaid red shirt on with a big woodcutter's <laughs> axe and just <laughs> hits the metal and it clangs. Yeah. It's uh... a real dense tree. <laughs> And now you know why they're called the Drindora Ironwood Trees. <laughs> <laughs> Is that oh. metalhogany? I'm just oh, kidding. God. That was... Oh, I'm, so I'm sorry! Oh. I'm sorry! <laughs> Actually, not that bad, no. That's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> That's a good pun. Everyone take 1d8 psychic damage. <laughs> <laughs> you need inspiration for that if you didn't already have it. Okay. Um. So, Dara is going to scratch their bald metal head and turn to everyone and turn around and just say, well, this is quite a surprise. That would be me over there in the tree. This is before I awoke. I'm quite baffled because I now know what I looked like before and I... What a strange sight to see me woven into those limbs. These people friendly then? Or yes. Are they protecting you? No. I don't know if this is the day that I woke. But we're quite far into my uh, sleep. So if they are, I'm sure they are. It I wasn't like, a remarkably dashing elf that woke you up, was it? Who? No. <laughs> no, it was a Kakara. <laughs> Who the hell would the elf be? I don't know. Oh my. Did he also shoot three arrows? Possibly two? The third one in another. Definitely, definitely two. <laughs> Maybe three. Uh, oh my. He already took his shot at the other girl, so I don't know about me. Uh, so. No, I just uh, apparently have a habit of finding people sleeping in forests, so. <laughs> do you happen to find yourself in forests often? If you do. Oh <laughs> hey, Jonathan Frakes. Do you oh. fall asleep in forests and wake up in a totally different age? Clusha Trowberger can help. <laughs> One of the figures in the trees descends down and you see him. Uh, he's this large bluish green creature with a black nose like black freckles on his face and this this um blackish brown kind of wavy hair that falls to his shoulders uh again wearing the woven kind of <clears throat> fibers of the forest he stands probably seven seven and a half feet tall you see him uh just kind of like reach his arm out and vines begin growing out of his skin and wrap around a higher branch and he just kind of jumps and lightly swings and the vines extend and extend and extend and he slowly touches the ground and then the vines whip back into his body. And he turns down to the small tree and he just puts a hand on it. Almost reverently. Is this one of the Kakara? Yes. Then I will say uh, to everyone that is the Kakara that woke me up. Now, I don't know, again, if this is the day that I woke up, but 
we can trust them. They taught me how to do magic and learn everything that I know up to the point that I started studying history. That Maybe was, you should lead them. If it's all right. I feel like I've been leading a lot today. Well, they'll probably shoot half of us if we try to approach too quickly. Mm -hmm. How do you approach something that hasn't quite met you yet in the future? Walk up and say hello. That's... Although I probably would say it in uh, Elvish. Um, I'm going to approach slowly. Obviously not aggressively. The Kakara. Sure. And speak Sylvan. It's Sylvan, right? They speak a mixture of Sylvan and Elvish. Okay, I'm just... I was just double-checking. I was like, I thought I chose that specifically. Yeah, um, they speak a mixture of both because of both of the peoples. Okay, that makes sense. That's also why <coughs> I understand those two languages. Okay. Uh, I'll start with Sylvan, then. And mm -hmm. say... Hello. It's been so long. You see the... You see the Kakara just like slowly caressing the side of this young tree. And he's speaking something very quietly. Doesn't seem to notice you. A wave. Do they not? S Does it not see me? Maybe we're just observers. I'm just going to turn back to the group puzzled. I'm wondering As if you we're turn in back. A what? <laughs> Here's an important thing. As you turn back, you see all the group watching you. What group? Your group. Oh. Watching you. Your people. The Emerald Order. Oh. But you okay. also see beyond them, in the tree line, on the ground, nestled in shadow, the creature from before. Ew. No. Standing on its knuckles, just watching. Ew. That just made this whole nice memory tainted. <laughs> <laughs> And as you yeah. kind of glance around, you see a second one in Ew. one of the trees, just holding on with its elongated arm. It's watching. I'm going to make the group aware that there are two of the nasty crawly creatures near us now. Two are watching us. Maybe add a section in the uh, Tome of Beasts and call this thing a nightmare. One-eyed watcher. It's a watcher. One-eyed watcher. It's a watcher. I don't know that it. I don't know that it should totally. be named yet. Nightmare seems awfully uh. uh yeah. Malevolent. <laughs> well, yes. What we don't were, really know uh, this thing's nature yet. What were you That's gonna ask, Chase? Watcher. I was just gonna ask if anything was clocking our movements, other than the two creatures. Other than those two creatures, it seems that nothing else is aware of your presence. So this is more of a false reality. Does the second one also have a knife? No, neither of them do here. Fantastic. Neither of them do here. <clears throat> one of them has... Or they both have their arms. All four of them. Their four arms, I mean, not four of the creatures. Uh, and their, and their arms are whole? Their arms are whole. And they seem to be dressed vaguely in the similar style of these people. 
And you watch as the one in the tree uh, is kind of standing, or kind of like hovering, you know, holding onto the branch over one of the elves within maybe five feet. And you watch as the hand that's not hanging on just like slowly grazes the top of the elf's head. And you can see in that moment the hair just kind of blow almost in the breeze as the fingers are, you know, moving through its hair. All right. So, obviously we're supposed to be here. The lorekeeper specifically spoke to us through whatever. These two things are here. The lorekeeper said one thing to us since we've been here, and that's that we took too fucking long to do something. We need to, as a unit, try to push this forward. I think we all, as a group, walk up and try to speak to whatever that is up there, that person. The, the really tall one. Uh, try Kukara. to actually init initiate at Kakara, sure. Try to initiate something. Maybe try to speak to these people, because we're standing here watching. We, we already tried to speak to it, and it had no response. I, I think only we need did. To... Well, Wasn't that true. from, like, a distance, though? Yeah, only I did. And I believe that mm -hmm. Orifarni is right. From a distance. Let's walk up and talk to him. Yeah, I, yeah. I have an idea. Uh, Dara, you, you said, like, you were reawakened by, like, magic, so to speak? Yes. Uh, and no. Uh, that is a question that still is unanswered the, from my past. Maybe the play here is we wake, can you? Yeah, that's, that's what, what I, I exactly what I was maybe thinking. We have to assist. Yeah, maybe what if you try to wake yourself? Uh, sure. Again, I I don't know how I woke up. And I just know I did wake up. Let's let's work together on this and let's walk over there and figure it out. I don't think we need to worry about these watchers. Sure. They haven't done anything to try to harm us yet. They seem to be content just to spectate. Sure, you move closer to the the young tree of Dara. You, as you get closer, all of you can see now bits of Dara's forearm are poking through the tree, casting this glint of sunlight. Um, you can see like the side of Dara's head kind of poking out part of the tree. Uh, part of Dara's legs kind of stretch out, forming one of the roots, um, very much entwined in this tree. The figure is still just softly speaking to the tree in Sylvan. Um, and those of you who speak Sylvan, which I believe is just Dara. Elvish here. So I could be wrong on that. Elvish here as well. Slash shield command. Hey, don't read my sheet out loud. Yeah, I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure it's just, just Dara. So, yeah, uh, Dara, you hear him kind of quietly whispering to the tree, basically giving an affirmation in love, saying this tree will grow strong and it will become the protector of the forest. It will revive the world tree and it will prevent it from withering. And he's just kind of like repeating the same phrases over and over that this small tree will revive the world tree. This small tree will bring harmony to the forest and it will free their people essentially from the fate of the world tree's wow, death. Wow, that's a lot of pressure. Let's say that. <laughs> so you're, you're saying sure. that to all of us? <clears throat> Let's say the sentence that the Kakara is saying. 
And I'm sad because I have not fleshed out my backstory okay. what the Kakara's name was. So you have to forgive me. They would have had a name. So maybe Dora forgot that. Again, maybe Dora doesn't remember between dormant sleeps and things. So, and that's sad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe one day we'll remember. So, I think we should all say the same thing at the same time. Oh God! What the Kakara said. I'm just repeating myself. I think it's important. <laughs> Do you remember when you when you woke, what languages you understood? Very little. Or do you want us to all say it and so on? In which case... You're going to have to teach us. You can yeah. do. I was about to say, it's... The Kakar is saying it in <laughs> Sylvan, but... I was awake before that sleep. We don't have to say it in that specific language. We could say it in Elvish, and I would have understood. Um, we could say it in Common, which I would have understood. I was around when the humans came in, but I was barely awake for it. Don't remember much of it, but I would understand speech. So, we can all say it in Common. Unless that's the DM's choice preference. So, okay. I don't I'm care. sorry. <laughs> All right, let's do, let's do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in for it. Let's give it a shot. Okay. We all say the phrase. We all say yep. the phrase. Yep. <laughs> we all say the affirmations over this this Dara. Okay. Yeah, you repeat the affirmations over young Dara while the uh, Kakara, who Dara remembers, is named Naroth. Um, yeah. I'll give you it. Uh. As you're kind of watching him, it's clicking in your brain, and you're like, oh, Neros, that's right. Anyway, you repeat the affirmations with him over and over, speaking in different tongues. And yeah, what the hell? <laughs> the tree begins to shed uh, this reddish-orange light. And slowly... Dara's form begins to slide from the tree. And as the body of Dara, who looks almost exactly as they look now, you know, a thousand years or so in the past, but they still look the same just about. Um, as the body of Dara slips through the tree and kind of softly falls to the grass, you watch as the eyes open, shining a brilliant reddish-orange glow. And Dara, in that light, it's weird because you know that this isn't how you remember it. But in the light of your eyes, about five feet in the air, there's a small object floating, bathed in this reddish-orange light. I grab it. As you glance at it, as you reach for it, um, you see that it is a key. It's a key? It's a key. Oh. I'll reach for it. Do I grab it? I mean, if you want to, yeah. Yeah. As your hand closes around the key, the world around you fades. And you're in another large chamber, this one lit with torches, similar to the first chamber you were in. But now there's light everywhere. Do I still have the key? All of us or just Dara? All of you. Exactly where you were standing before, your position in the room mirrors where you were at. Um, and in this room, uh, you can see three doors or doorways. 
one of them to the west that is open and leads presumably into the room that you just came out of initially when you came down the ladder. One of them to the east, which is uh, on this side of the room, it is open. However, there's a door on the far side of that hallway. And to the south, which has a door. The room itself uh, has a few very ancient tables and chairs made out of wood. Dusted, splintered, covered in cobwebs. Um, the torches in the room are magical in nature. They are not emitting flames so much as a yellowish-white light. Uh, shedding enough light around the area where it's not considered dim, unless you're in the very center. Do we see any of these watchers? The I'll get there. Okay. The floor uh, is covered in a large but tattered and dirty bluish-brown rug. The walls uh, have almost no decoration besides the torches and a few curtains that kind of seemingly go over non-existent windows. To this room and yes you do see one of those watchers in the corner in the northeast corner again just standing on its knuckles just watching okay. this one also has four arms not like the one in the other room his hand is still there has no weapons in its hands and it's just watching do i still have the key you do the key is cool. a small brass key uh, with a large round kind of key ring at the bottom of it. Um, yeah, it's very standard looking ancient key. <laughs> I'm going to turn to Quill and I'm going to say, do you think that if part of my past is tied to this key will tie us to their future now? Well, time is fluid. May not be a scientist or a researcher on such a matter, but from my own studies, this state that we're in right now could be symbolic. Could mean that key will open a door to your future. In essence, I think the answer to your question is yes. But where will you use the key? That is what's important. That's why I consulted with you. Or Farney. Yes. How old are you? I'm uh, 55. What do you ask? Out of all of us, you have to exclude me. Sure. I don't, I don't count. Out of all of us, You've lived a long life, would you say that? Yeah, essentially, sure. If I gave you this key, would you use it wisely? I would use it how I think it is to be used. I don't think... You made a correct decision earlier. That's why I'm saying and asking you. I trust you. Sure, yeah. You, you did not harm the creature... When I asked you not to, you, you tried to communicate with it, and, and I appreciate all of you that did. I, I want to give you this chance, and uh, you want to live and with these adventurers and do these adventures with us, and I have to trust you. 
so Dara will hand you the key. And it's no offense to anyone else. They're just, they want to give them a chance. Like, they want to give Orfrani a chance. Jin. Hmm. I don't know if you have had much explorative uh, experience. But you are about to learn. <laughs> With us. <laughs> oh my. I need to take a, a breath on what just, it's almost like walking into a memory that feels real and acts real, but it isn't. And I'm going to leave it at that, uh, just out of character Welcome so that world, we have more time. <laughs> I just, I'm hogging the spotlight. That's why I'm saying that out of character. I want. No one's, no one's, no one's pressuring you about yeah. that. Chase was just saying, Welcome to my world as a character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, what the fuck? So, Orifarne has the key? I, yes. I suppose so. All right. Well, I suppose the next play is pick a door. Well, let's see where it fits. Maybe it fits in all of them. Maybe it only fits in one. Where do you go first? Um, We have the hallway and then the, the south door, right? Yep, east or south. Yeah. East, there is an arch that leads into a hallway with a door at the end. South is a door. Um, I'll probably just go to the door that is immediately in the room. That's just yeah, out. Yeah. Okay. Um, does it got a keyhole? It does. So you stick the key in, and you give it a little yeah. jiggle, and it does not unlock. He turns around and he says, the funny thing about timelines is they are fabricated or eviscerated, destroyed at every decision and every turn. So that timeline... Is no more. And he just walks to the east. <laughs> Fair. All right. I like it. Walking east, uh, you enter into the hallway. And, and as you're kind of getting close, I'll just tell you this. As you're getting close to the hallway, the archway that leads into it, the hallway is only about 10 feet long. Uh, the door on the other side is seemingly made of heavy oak. Again, it looks dilapidated and ancient almost, like barely on its hinges. Mm -hmm. um, the hallway, however, has interesting kind of design. The ceiling is high and vaulted. Um, it almost looks... It almost looks... Uh, how do I want to say this? Like tropical. Um, like the the boards... It's strange because you go from the stone room and then as you look in the hallway, you can see stone walls and then what appear to be like teak colored boards that kind of make a vaulted ceiling. And uh, there's no decoration on the walls, but the floor you notice is uh, has grass starting to sprout between some of the stones. Ooh. Well, let's see which past which timeline this one takes us to and he just inserts it sure uh first is everyone going into the hallway is anybody saying no, i was say group yeah I, I plan on going with the group yeah. okay as you enter the hallway and you take a glance back you can see the original watcher with its knife and its broken arm standing in the doorway to the west uh, and you see the one that was standing in the northeast corner of the room is now standing directly in the center. And as you cross that threshold into the hallway itself, you, you are looking inside this hallway from the room. And as you take one step forward, where you expect to meet stone and grass, you instead meet wood. 
and you hear, Norfarn, you hear this first. Um, you you feel wood beneath your feet, and you suddenly hear what sounds like monkeys, kind of chattering, all around you. And it's it's this strange, like guttural, like <laughs> and very expressive at the same time. Um, and as the rest of you walk through, uh, you notice that around you is a jungle. And and uh, Jinhai, you immediately recognize the language as Macanesian. Aha. Uh-huh. And you're looking around. And this place feels very familiar to you. This is just outside of Baronia. You're glancing... Uh, Standing on this this tall raised platform in the jungle, uh, around you you can see what appear to be two rows of vines extending out in opposite directions. One heading north and one heading southeast. And to the southeast you can just make out these stone temples kind of rising out of the jungle. And to the north, looking vaguely through, you can see small kind of dwellings that have been created in the branches of the trees. But also on the ground, you can see people that look like Zhaojin Hai. Uh, they're kind of training, walking around, patrolling the area. Um, in the trees above, you can see people that kind of look like Jinhai, but they're smaller, more monkey-like rather than gorilla-like. And these beings, the Amak, are currently running up and down the vineways, using them to travel quickly and safely throughout the jungle. You're standing on a wooden platform and in front of you is a <laughs> strange site. Despite the architecture of this area and, and the nature of where you're at, you see a very humanoid tavern existing on this wooden platform. And you get the feeling, and uh, Jinhai, you know this to be true, that this is meant to be a kind of tourist spot for humans and elves and more bipedal creatures that are deep in this part of the, the Imerizian jungle. It's at this point that uh, Hai probably was towards like the middle of the group as we were walking through, but he, he's kind of like uh, uncon- like subconsciously like moving his way towards the front in excitement, looking up, and it's just reminiscing. You know, I tried climbing the vines one time, but that... um. That ain't go well. It's just like kind of like glossing over the field and is starting the beeline towards the tavern. <laughs> the rest of you, as he says that, uh, you kind of glance over at the vineway again and you notice that it's only the smaller Imok that are using it and the heavier ones are definitely on the ground. <laughs> uh, so you can get a fun mental image there. Approaching the tavern, Jinhai. You kind of the the excited excited nature of your steps kind of fades as you get nearer and you see someone. You feel this deep sense of guilt and shame as you look at this person. Like you have described my, my feet fall my footfalls very quickly like diminish. How's he looking? How's he looking? Uh he looks hurt. He looks very hurt. And you're starting to realize that if this is indeed time travel, like Dara seemed to be of some nature, this must have been shortly after the incident. Just 
stare at him for a little bit. So, like, the party catches up. You're doing all right there, Jill. No, not really. Um, I... Someone, gravely. I don't, I don't even think I apologized. I just remembering, and he kind of like pokes his head out the way and points a finger, running towards the main city. Maybe you follow the same path. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. So what happened? Yeah. What? What? Do you, what is going on? Uh, Dar is just gonna put a hand on your shoulder. Just you can talk to us. <sighs> so, I was just smiting my own self. Um, messing around with the other uh, wishy, you know. Before I know it, uh, I started talking to a friend of mine, Mindy. Cheers to the wushi you see before you. Um, this was Shang Delun, uh, a close friend of mine. We we thought it would be a good idea to go out and spar a little um, in these, uh, in, at least here in these parts of the city, uh, or I guess this town in general. Uh, everything is a lot more self-taught, so we were doing ourselves doing ourselves both a favor with uh, Deloon. He, well, how do you say it? All I remember is we were talking back and forth while we were fighting. Um, things that have been going around. Until he mentioned um, a friend of mine. He, he, he started talking about Jing Fei. She... She was gravely injured in a patrol. And... Around the jungle. And... He didn't, he didn't know it, of course, but he started talking about how how foolish they were and how they nearly got themselves killed. And I remember I got a little heated, got a little heated. We started talking back and forth until the next thing I remember was just holding him by, like, the scruff of his neck. Just repeatedly pounding him in the face. After that, I ran towards the path. Towards the main city. Well, you said you didn't so tell sorry. Sorry, what did you say? You said you didn't apologize. Maybe now's your chance. I'm gonna turn to the visage of what I assume to be a visage of. Um, I even know if you can hear me now, but what I did was unjust. Called for. Deserved none of it. For 
am deeply sorry for what I've done. I hope time you will come to accept my apology. You see the figure turn uh, with a glass of, of beer in its hand. It turns to look seemingly directly at you, and it smiles. And they say, hey, it's been a while. And you see their arm with the beer extend just over your shoulder as another Amok, this one, a, another Wushi, is kind of walking up to their friend to meet them for a drink. And you realize in that moment that they can't hear you or see you. As the beer goes over your shoulder, however, you see a, a bright light. And before it completely overtakes you, you take a quick look over your shoulder to see the Amok. And you can see three of the Watchers watching behind you. As the room brightens and fades, you find yourself back in the hallway. Orafarne reaching out with the key. <laughs> like your your step connects. Your step connects into the room. <laughs> uh, and suddenly you're back exactly where you were at the start of the hallway. Well, that was It's gonna be one of those kinds of days, I suppose. I'm not looking forward to this. He tosses Dara back the key. I think this is specifically <laughs> for you. You can keep this. I'll just take it back, but then I'm just gonna hold my arms out to Jen and be like, if you want a hug, I believe this is going he to be... He got up and wrapped around you. It's picked oh. you off the ground. <laughs> and just all the clanging, the metal, the, the <laughs> like, the noise. <laughs> I can't, I don't know if you can hear that. The hydro flask noise. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, and they're just going to hold you back. It's rough, buddy. <sighs> Fuck. Fuck. Yeah. There it is. God damn it. <laughs> Jinhai, as you lift Dara into the air, hugging them, you look above you again in this vaulted ceiling, and you can see arms spread wide body dangling down with its short stubby legs and arms another watcher is looking down at you this one is holding an empty glass okay i i still don't like these watcher guys realizing that he's been holding you for too long kind of like abruptly like let's go and you drop like two feet off the ground That's but okay. you're actually you're actually quite tall and never you drop more like a foot off the ground a foot onto the ground like six inches. Yeah, <laughs> I, forgot, yeah say, right. like, I forgot you're you're very you're very large. I always forget that. So I kind of like the embrace of something like someone as tall as me, larger than me. Feels like I'd be like, wow, that was great. The dilapidated door ahead of you um, is locked, and where it's like slightly hanging off its hinge, you can feel a damp kind of breeze blowing into the hallway. So now what? Any suggestions? We open another door. I think that's our only choice. We get to know each other just a bit more. It isn't exactly the vacation that I was expecting. But 
pop open the next one and see. Dara, do you put the key in the door? <clears throat> Quill, are you... <laughs> no, I'm going to hand it to Quill. Dara does not want to take the key. <laughs> <laughs> no. Dara is catching a pattern. That's fine. Okay, the door opens. There's open no the next portal. One, There's nothing like that. It just opens. And before you, you feel the damp wind kind of blowing through this this cavernous room ahead of you. It seems to be... You notice the grass kind of extended about halfway down the hallway and then turned to stone again. Uh, but instead of the stone um, brick that you've been used to throughout this area, it's turning into more rough-hewn ground. And as the door opens and the wind kind of lightly blows against mm. you for your face, uh, you glance into the room ahead and you can see what appears to be a, a shallow river running through this small cavernous area. Like I, I, Conflicting word choice, but you know what I mean? It's a small area, but it's large and open. Um, and there are some stalactites and stalagmites and... There's a small river kind of going through the area. Uh, you can see what appears to be a minecart kind of nearby on some old tracks. And off in the distance, uh, you can see what appears to be a um, kind of a raised dais. Oh. We can approach the... and get a closer look. Yeah. Does this look familiar to anyone? Not yet, no. I think we should move farther. The okay. sea. Sure. Yep. Who's leading the way? I'm in the minecart, see where it takes us. Well, you probably <laughs> all can't fit in said minecart. Sure we can. You got large reduced, don't you? Yeah, for a minute. <laughs> It'll be a very fun minute. <laughs> Wait, have any of you been in the mine before? I think Me I have. personally, not that I can think of. Well, we just, uh, we walk then, right? Sounds good. Yep. I've been <laughs> in a mine once, but I kind of hope this isn't it. Was that a Sunday game quote? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was a different character. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I know, yeah, I was worry about that. <laughs> so anyway. I was uh, just making there, a joke. But... There are a couple of oh. mine cards. No, that mine was dope. That route. Uh, it doesn't matter to me either way. Well, Christian, seeing how you have the only recollection of anything that this place might be. Why did Ryan did any minecarts last time I was here? If this is where we're at, we just kind of walked in. I think it's safe to say it's that place. Yeah. Well, I guess let's move forward. Is it cold? You say, <laughs> was it cold? Maybe it's a mine. So, kind of. <laughs> there were undead in there. Be aware. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> or Farney takes out his uh, hammer again. <laughs> sure. Walking yeah, through walk. the area. Um, if you stick mostly on the path, uh, it kind of winds around and there is a somewhat of a chasm that flows through this area. You can see that a bridge has kind of been built kind of haphazardly over it. Do you wish to cross? <laughs> or would you like to find some other way? It seems that the path is leading across this chasm. 
fly across if I can. That will work for one of you. Well, there's <laughs> how, wide, not... how wide is the how wide, how wide yeah. is the? Cabin? It's a good twenty feet. Unless there's diamonds down at the bottom, I don't want to fall down into this thing. So I think I'm going to take the risk and use. Let's still have that. Hang on, just a second. Hang on, just a second. I don't know if I have that anymore. I do. I don't. It was on my staff that I left behind. <laughs> That's how that goes. <laughs> so I have rope. And Quill can fly. So Dara, if you hold one end, and then Quill flies across the other side, then even if the bridge, the walkway collapses, we have something crossing the sides. Okay. And then I think in that case we send, this is going to sound counterintuitive, but we send the heaviest people first because likely you will not be able to cross on a rope. Unless you want to just, uh, well, I mean, I guess you could fly, right? Over there, so... I can. I'm. Once I wild shape, I won't be able to talk. I would have to end how we're going to get back if we have to cross this again. Um, if we have to, if I have to drop it. Um, we got to work together on this. We're not about to fail mm -hmm. the Lord Keeper again. So. Uh, Let's get everyone across, and then I'll fly across. I'll transform. Okay. Well, how? Just how structurally sound does this this pathway what, what it look? Hold a like four hundred pound ends. sentient gorilla. It may not hold a four hundred pound yep. sentient That's gorilla. Um, it would probably hold no. most of you one by one. Jin, do you trust me? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but go ahead. Would it hold? Uh, a 100 pound gorilla. Yes, more than likely. Actually, it would be less than that. More than likely. What are you going to do? Pick him see, up and chuck him? You can see a can few rotted him? boards <laughs> on this path. Um, however, as long as there's not too much weight on it, you, you get the feeling it should be okay to cross. God, I'm I'm just I'm just imagining uh, STL casting telekinesis and just chucking a gorilla over a chasm. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I was thinking. Can I get that spell? I'm looking to see if I can get that spell. Oh, it's like a reverse halfling throw. Damn, I can't get it. That's right. Jin, I can help you across, but then we only get one shot at it because I can only help you there and then help you back. Wait a minute. Hey. We have had a friend in the past, in a past game, use Marshall oh as a weapon. Okay, so I'm just, I'm just saying, swinging or throwing people <laughs> oh, doesn't end right. up well. Yeah, it does not always end well. <laughs> I remember that. Very quickly, um, I, we're overthinking this. I know. Uh, he pulls he pulls the bead out of his pocket, and he's like, "Listen, this this will just take a minute. You can open up your your flying majig." Get across, and then we're done. I mean, wait, where did you worse. get that? Yeah, salvaged it. I was, I was at slave. I was at the roost. No, they gave one of these to everyone. No, I found it. <laughs> oh, that's right. You told us that. Yeah, <laughs> we've been through a lot in the last short while. Did we still have those? At, yeah. Do, do I reach in my pocket head. and I still have it? I, I <gasps> didn't give it away. Then. We're not cheating, no, are we? I mean, 
No, we're using our heads to overcome these situations as a group. <laughs> okay, Maybe then I'm then we should definitely use them. Uh, whatever it is, I don't have. Would one. mine carry a four hundred pound gorilla? Yeah, he doesn't know how to pilot it. Technically, I don't either because I haven't oh. used mine yet. I used mine and fell. You guys okay. know I can't use mine. Well, you either. also have wings. So, yeah. <laughs> Lucian's gonna. Clusion's gonna touch Jin on the shoulder and be like, don't worry about it. You're gonna get over there just fine as I cast gaseous <laughs> form on him and turn him into a cloud hey, of smoke so that he can just fly across the gap. Oh my god. Oh my god. Love it. Love it. Great. Oh my god. Isn't That's that concentration for like an hour? Something like that. Oh. It's concentration up to an hour. Um, yeah. Uh, it can end. I can, if I remember, I can end it early, or he can end it whenever he wants. Because he has to be willing. Hey, yeah. Well, I, I said. You said you trust him. Yeah, I said. Well, I said no. I didn't trust him. But I said go ahead. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was willing. Sure. Turned into a gaseous orb. Ah. <laughs> Do, does it actually turn me to like a gas, like like a gas orb, or do like retain like a vague outline of my image? I transform you into a misty cloud for an hour. Um, it ends if you drop to zero hit points. Uh, it only works while you're willing. You gain a flying speed of ten feet. You can enter and occupy the space of other creatures. You have resistance to non-magical damage. You have advantage on strength decks and constitution saving throws. You can pass through small holes, narrow openings, and even mere cracks. Things that you probably wished you could do before. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> it treats, but it treats liquids as if they're solid surfaces, so you can't go swimming. You uh, can't fall and remain hovering in the air even if you're stunned or otherwise incapacitated. You can't talk or manipulate ah. objects. Basically, you could fly across <laughs> and then become unwilling and turn back. <laughs> yeah, pretty well. <laughs> okay, so you that's can fly across. <laughs> <laughs> well, that solves that problem. So we all can cross mm -hmm. now or fly over. I'll I'll start making my way. I mean, I... <laughs> yeah, everybody. <laughs> We just Everybody see is, um, is crossing over. <laughs> okay. Yep. Easy One at a to time. Do. Are we all, Are we using stealth? I yeah. I'll just yeah. Fly. Super easy to do. I was gonna say I'm I'm gonna use my freaking thingy so I can. Okay. Yeah. My riding tide. Sick. You safe. all managed to get across in one way or another, and uh, you notice stairs that kind of lead upward into a narrow passage. Uh, in First, this narrow, I'm, go ahead. I'm unwilling and just, like fall out and splay out on the ground because I don't know where my orientation was while in that form. Yeah, so... a little, a little warning, please. <laughs> Sorry, it all worked out though, right? Kind of uh, neat, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> Let's say, yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah, okay. So as you continue in, you start to see. In this pathway, a, a an archway made of brilliant stone. And a green light begins to emanate throughout the chamber. As you press onward, you can see, firstly, um, 
you can see a large, what appears to be dragon skull built into the wall uh, with green light and fire Whoa. in its mouth, kind of casting this green pallor around the room. Secondly, the second thing you notice is a mist-like creature hovering in the center of the room with amber eyes and what looks like some kind of a <laughs> circlet over its head. And it seems to just be floating and wandering and just waiting for something. You know what this is, Clusion? Don't think <laughs> I recognize this mist creature. Bruh. Unless. Bruh, it ain't Jin, so he's back to being a monkey. So, like... Well, I, I know that. Okay, <clears throat> as you watch, as you watch, you see what appears to be a human woman with raven hair, very attractive, step out of one of the shadows. And you can see her wearing a uh, laced-up white peasant shirt, a red and gold hooded cape, and tight leather breeches. Clushin, you instantly recognize her as Halia. Son of a bitch. Oh, no. Well, she can't be <laughs> the creature kind of turns to look at her. And she... Uh, she pulls out a strange object and holds it up toward the creature. And the creature seems to almost dissipate in the air. You see her move closer so, toward the forge. Hmm. And she's kind of laughing to herself. Okay, that's, that's where I figured it right. <clears throat> oh, we, have to, we have to stop her. That she, nothing will good, nothing good, will, good will come of her getting this forge. S this is this is a magical forge that's used to create magical items. Uh, it wasn't working when we found it. Well, it it didn't work right. It was it was broken. But she insisted on having control over it. She's not a good person. It was more of an ultimatum of like we give it up or else kind of thing. After we did all of you know the work to uh, try to fix it, try to clear it out. Um. There's no. She has no no good intent here. So we fight her. Inclusion, because you've never opened up or seen this uneasy about anything except for Jenny's presence. So please elaborate. Why is it always so, a woman just, with this? Before man? this happens, I want to I want to make another thing. Uh, you watch as four figures enter the room. And Bill, I know this is kind of breaking a little bit of what we spoke of before, but I wasn't there. No, go ahead. <laughs> at the end, so I don't know. Um, okay. No, you're you're. You fine. watch as four figures into the room, a uh, slightly younger looking Clusion, the dwarven figure that you killed uh, in the Cragane Mountains. Some of you would <laughs> recognize a uh, human. Kind of, I think on the shorter side, uh, it's like black hair. It doesn't matter. You don't know his name yet. And a lady bard. They kind of enter the room. And, and uh, I like to, to play this as they are kind of trying to remain hidden at the moment and form a plan. Okay. She's already there. She seems to be messing with some things on, on one of the tables nearby. Trying to figure something out and getting increasingly frustrated. So I'm going to kind of try to cliff notes this for some of you guys. So, like, this is the last thing that I, I did before. I think I ended up in your world. 
um, we tried to save this, wrench this from like this vampire thing. It wasn't super clear exactly what he was. Um, very rude is what he was. <laughs> uh, the he was called the Black Spider, and he had control over this over this forge. And we we took it from him, and then we were urged to surrender it to our friend, not our friend. She's not our friend, but just went in there. Her name's Halia. And um, we chose to destroy it instead. And the explosion, I believe, is what may have flung me into uh, Genesi. Not really sure about that one. You're saying that the forge that blew shot you into another realm. Uh, I Well, the last thing I remembered was it blowing up before I woke up in a strange place. So I assume so much. Wow. So, uh, but if she gets the forge, I don't think that that's going to be a good situation. I was just asking if we could make out what uh, she was trying to do at the table, or are we too far away to... You can uh, make a perception check. Uh, That would be a 23. 23. You see her rooting through a bunch of... uh, belongings of hers she kind of like took off a bag and threw it on the table and she's rooting through and she pulls out a pair of tongs and you see this large glowing green energy kind of cube be pulled out of this bag uh the bag is is impossibly small for something of this size but she pulls it out anyway and you see that there is a cube shaped hole in the forge and she is presumably going to try to put this into the forge to power it. You can tell I've never actually finished Lost Mine of Fandelver. <laughs> I, I quit that campaign halfway through. <laughs> no, that's fair. This is, this is much less complicated than trying to get the forge to actually work in the campaign. Yeah, this is the Sparknotes version. <laughs> I like it. Is there anything around that we can try to interact with to see if we can have any impact on our environment? Being that this is kind of a forge area, and this being the forge of spells in general, um, there are a lot of arcane kind of objects around, as well as things like some hammers and, and some metal bars and strange books and instruments. So we need to try to take the the cube so the forge cannot be powered. How far away are they from us? Is she from us? About 40 feet. You can see the other group kind of lurking in the shadows, discussing amongst themselves what they want to try to do. And they're about 30 feet from her as well. So the whole area is bathed in light, I presume. Yep. The green globe. There's not a door on the on the Mm-mm. entry, right? Oh, good. If there was a door, you would have <laughs> bashed it by now. This is very true. We may have some time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to try to mage hand like one of the hammers off the wall. Or something like that. Like, just try to see if I can knock something down and see if it causes sure. any kind of distraction. Roll a d20. Play oh, some boy. D&D. <laughs> There's no way this could go. I got 11. 11. Okay. Mage hand. It's more than half. Very cat-like. Just knocks the hammer off the wall. <laughs> you hear the clattering as it hits the stone floor. You watch as Yordrim and Bebop both just like glance over 
super quick. Halia seems to pay no mind to it. So are so are we inside of the forge right now, or are we like outside and like looking in? Kind You're of? looking in. Okay. I am going to try to approach Yorderim quietly and see if he realizes that I'm here. As I walk up and be like, Yordi. Yordi. Let's see if he like, can, can I talk to them? They seem completely oblivious to your presence. Fuck. <laughs> I'm going to try to cast Reduce on the tongs that she's using. <laughs> Ooh, I love okay. it. Okay. Hopefully yeah. causing her to drop said object. Mm-hmm. She um, she moves the tongs over and is pushing, uh, like right about to push the cube into the hole. And you see the group on the side begin like rising as if they're about to just last ditch attempt to do something. And suddenly the tongs grow to just the most comically small size. And the or or the 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 sphere the sphere the fucking cube. Let's get our shapes correct today. The cube falls to the ground and clatters, and she looks around immediately, expecting danger. At this point, you see Yordrim bang his hammer on her shield and start rushing in. We give them indirect aid inclusion. What's her move? I think that's what we have to do. I think we try to get the cube into their possession. Let's fucking do it then. Kind of. <laughs> Let's go. I am going to. By the way, bonus action, I'm going to uh, sorcery points back into a second level spell. Okay. So, uh, but I don't know if I can interact with people. <laughs> but they didn't hear me or well, see me. They did react to us interacting with the environment. They did react to us interacting with the environment, though. I'm going to run into the forge and see if I can grab the cube. Sure. Can I You see Alia rise to meet Yordurim and uh, as they start doing battle, trading blow for blow, you run forward and you pick up the cube? Yes, if I can can do that, if my hands are just like through (laughs) it. Yeah, no, you can pick it up. So I'm going to run it back to... Did is is Roberto advancing also? Yeah, you see him kind of getting ready for a sneak attack. You having kind of seen how this played out once oh, before. God, you are it. observing the kind of fluid motion as Yordrum starts charging in, and, and then Roberto gets in position to strike from behind, and Bebop's trying to inspire everybody, uh, which never happened, but we're gonna say it does. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Bards can do that. <laughs> um, I'm going to just like kind of like run and kind of like roll the cube out the door towards where I assume Clution is trying to shoot from fake cover because he never got healed. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm just going to try to roll it like out of there. And then do they look like they're hurt? Yeah. Badly? Some more than others. Uh... Who looks like they're the Am most I hurt? Definitely right now. 
Jordrim and mm-hmm. um, Roberto. Can I follow this up by casting Fairy Fire on her? Sure. Yeah. I um, like that play. I had considered that play. Like that. Save. <laughs> that is a 14 total. So Nine. that's a fail. You watch as she gets bathed I in this light. Will... Limbed in purplish green energy. We can affect them also. I will put a healing spirit on the order of. Sure. What does it look like? He kind of like looks back and he's like, Thanks, Bebop! <laughs> <laughs> as he pulls his hammer back. God damn it. <laughs> That's. Totally I'd like fair. to think that this was the first time Clution ever saw Bebop heal. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> anyway, the. The cube begins rolling. She, she was probably fucking insulting somebody. <laughs> <laughs> like, thanks, Beamop. She's like, what? <laughs> the cube begins rolling uh, to the other Clusion. Clusion, how did you destroy the forge? We, like, um, well, so, like, because it had, it had people who were watching it, right? So we sort of accidentally made a bunch of them fight each other. You know, because... That was how the DM worked sometimes in that game. Um, <laughs> but they all died. <laughs> and I think I'm trying to remember exactly how we how we did it. I think that we like used their tools and stuff to try to just mess it up in every way we could, and it just kind of uh, couldn't contain itself anymore cool. then. Okay. So you see Clution holding this this um essentially a power cell for this version of our of our DM has never finished Lost Mine of Fandelver, and he's just winging it as he goes. <laughs> um, essentially, Clution from the past is holding this power cell, and uh, together, I like to think that uh, instead of placing the power cell into the slot on the forge that would um, grant you the power of the forge of spells, uh, maybe you throw it in <laughs> to the green fire. And the residual energy inside of it causes a large explosion. It kind of rocks your senses. This green, bright light overtakes the cavern. You hear this this ringing in your ears. Everything shakes. And the inclusion in your hand is a small green cube. Mostly black, but bits of green still illuminating around it. Roughly an inch or so across on each face. Very small cube. And you stand inside of a large-ish room, maybe 40 feet across by 20 feet wide. You can see tables spread out before you. Plates kind of cracked and covered in cobwebs. Chairs that have splintered due to time. You see large banners on the walls of many different crests of different houses. All of them lost to time. The room has three exits. The one that you came from in the west, one to the east, and one to the south. There are now four watchers, one in each corner, observing. Does one to the south that has a hallway again? No, now they are all in this room with you. One to the top left has a dull knife that's broken. One in the top right has a bit of vine wrapped around its arm. One in the bottom left has an empty, broken glass 
a beer glass, and one in the bottom right has an inert black cube in its hand. Right, where's the next one? East or south? Let's go east. East? Okay. Indeed. As you approach the door, all of the watchers, their heads just slowly swivel as you pass. The door opens, not locked, and as you pass through, you find yourself facing intense heat. The air is hot. The, the temperature is hot. You instantly begin sweating. You can hear what sounds like rushing water almost. And yet as your eyes adjust to the intense brightness of this space after being in the darkness just a moment before, you notice craggy cliffs with lava flowing down them. Great lava rivers flowing as far as the eye can see. You can see large crystal spires piercing the heavens, some of them with what appears to be staircases built around them and doors and presumably living quarters. You can see a, an enormous chasm where one of the lava flows goes that's kind of like right below you. It's roughly 200 feet down. It's roughly 200 feet down. Um, and you can see a, a iron chain, this great heavy iron chain uh, that is supporting from many different directions. Like a, imagine almost a spider web with the iron chains going from every side of the chasm toward a center point that's a little lower that holds this large city built of crystals and stone. Before you lies the city of Moeri Tok, also known as Burning Fall. All around this city, lava flows from above the cliffs down 200 feet to the chasm floor and creates a large lava river. There are two bridges that lead to the city, one on your side of the chasm and one on the other, kind of forming a V almost uh, with the city at the center point. You can see... Uh, what appears to be a glowing light in a central tower, just piercing the heavens, this bright azure light coming out of this crystalline tower. And Quill, this immediately draws you back to something that Villamir said long ago. A strange continent to the west. Yeah. With lava flows and crystal towers. And something that you've been seeking for quite a while. I do remember him saying something about uh, something like this. Well, um, how far how far away are the crystal towers? The crystal towers that are not part of the city, or the ones that are in the city. Well, I I guess yeah, in the city. Just to you're probably standing a good five hundred feet or so from the base of the platform that holds the city. Okay. Um, is there a way for me to yeah, get to yeah. the city? Like, or there's a lot of obstacles? Uh, like I the said, way? there, there is, are two kind of bridges, one on either side that form a V almost as they connect to the city. And you guys are just a couple hundred feet away from one of them. Okay. Um, well, I'll just fly over and have them meet me there. And... Uh, I'd be really interested in looking at some of those towers. Sure. sure. 
Quill flies off <laughs> toward the city. I guess. Kind of just like waving his hand back, like, follow me. Okay. Do we go forward? As quick as we can. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. You make your way a bit south to the bridge, and you can see quite a bit of foot traffic for such a strange location. You see covered wagons that have uh, not wooden wheels, um, but some type of malleable metal that seems to bend and roll with the terrain. Um, they don't seem to be drawn by horses. Instead, there is a strange beast that is unfamiliar to all of you uh, that is about the size of a horse, a little larger, but it has scales and a large almost dragon-like tail. It's as if a lizard or a dragon and a horse bred together. It's terrifying. Um, you can see them pulling these strange carriages um, with different ores and crystals and goods on each of them. Uh, notably, Dara, you see quite a few Steelborn just walking around going to talk to the dragon horse but <laughs> that's okay i'm sure the wharf the steelborn would be more important mm. to speak to everything is very fascinating and shiny i was just going to say to the party that this seems to be a place from a distant past it, it does seem somewhat familiar to me um DM, would it be correct in saying that uh, Quill might think that this isn't like an old version of Niz or even further west? I would say this doesn't match up with any of the kind of topography of, of Niz. I think Quill would recognize yeah, that. I figured with like the big yeah. ravine and all that. Yeah. Unless the landscape okay. changed drastically. I was thinking maybe. And this is one of the notes i believe i touch one of the crystal towers and see if anything changes yeah very curious to examine one of those up yeah close these crystal them. towers are yellowish tinted in this area uh some of the others that you can see in the distance are different colored uh but these ones in where we talk are yellowed in nature and you approach it and you can see yourself kind of reflected back in the light uh Almost like looking at a diamond, just the mini faces distorting and twisting your appearance a bit. Um, you touch your fingers to it. It's warm, glass-like. You can feel a slight hum almost from the crystal. Like a slight vibration in it. Are there any Garuda around by any chance? Glancing around. Um, in the immediate area... No, but I'll say as you were flying over, you, you definitely would have seen one or two. Oh, okay, dope. Yeah. I was just wondering. So, um, now the Steelborn, yeah, you said there were some Steelborn here. Um, do they seem approachable? Like they would be willing to be talked to, almost like regular citizens, or perhaps uh, they're sort of a, you know, unbothered folk. Make, make an insight check on that one. Yeah. Ooh, 27. Uh, 27. They seem mostly like regular folk, although a bit more focused on their work. 
they don't seem to be like okay the workforce necessarily nor do they seem to be compelled to be doing the work like they you don't get the feeling that they're like slaves or forced into this um but they do seem to be quite exuberant about their jobs as they go about the city and get things done you see some of them hammering away Mm -hmm. making great creations at a forge you see some of them are kind of like working outside of this like market stall like selling fruits and vegetables kind of a rare commodity for this area um most of them seem very busy Hmm. i would love to approach one and uh start up a conversation by uh saying because i do believe i still have the item on me it's uh that raspberry red wine that uh is mm-hmm. dara's favorite mm-hmm. and i'm going to say well i would offer you my steel friend some food or water but i know you do not require sustenance sustenance so i thought i might <laughs> i thought i might offer a taste of some red wine I'll say, as you're asking this question, the group kind of catches up and can hear it as well. And uh, this Steelborn that you've approached is kind of standing in the street, kind of glancing around at different shops, kind of caught in an in-between moment where they're looking approachable, just kind of milling about, deciding what they want to do. And uh, as you speak to them, you don't get a response. They seem to just look through you as they kind of glance back. This must be part of the dreamscape or memory or whatever this is from the lore keeper. And I look back at the party and say, <clears throat> so it seems we can't communicate with any of the uh, seemingly sentient beings. Or perhaps they don't speak or they don't speak our language. What else do my Garuda eyes <laughs> sense around in the area? Yeah. You can see uh, what appears to be some kind of religious group gathering outside of one of the crystal spires. They have uh, on their banner a series of gears. And uh, one of the gears is, it's more like a brass cog, I suppose. Uh, And a few of these steelborn are kind of rallied under it. And they are pulling out different items and placing them in a large box, almost as if they're giving alms or an offering. Um, well, the first one, I couldn't interact with it. But I could interact with the tower, and I felt that it was warm. Could I place an offering down to see if uh, anything happens, or maybe they react? Yeah. What um, would you like to place? I'll, oh, in my inventory, I don't have too much as I'm a monk. <laughs> um, I'll place down a, just as a donation, you know, just something nice. Uh, my 50 foot of rope just rolled up nicely. I'll knot it in a decent way, make it look ornate in a fashion. Set it down and pay my respects. You do so. And uh, you notice some of the Steelborn are kind of like glancing around at each other. 
and you can hear their conversation. And they said, did you place that just now? The other kind of looks to his friend and says, no, I, how did it get there? Perhaps it is a sign from, from, from Hiria. Do you think so? Uh, stranger things have happened in this city. I don't see why it couldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> Would Quill know how to spell Hiria? Uh, H-I-R-I-A. H-I-R-I-A. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> Can I please, please take the, the end, like the handle end of my torch? And if there's some like dirt around or something like that, just like, if they're speaking in common, they might write in <laughs> common as well. And I'm just going to write Heria. <laughs> Heria was here. Sure. <laughs> yes. See what they just to see what they do and then keep going from there, yeah. I guess. As you write it in, uh, a couple of them like look back to one another and they're like, uh, th this, this, uh, and they like fall to their knees. And uh, you see them like kind of start praying. And a third one joins in and he says, What's oh my gosh, he like gets down on his knees immediately. Um, You've oh successfully gotten three of these steelborn <laughs> to think that their god is speaking to them. And I'm gonna underline. I'm gonna underline Hyria, and then underneath that, it's gonna say the Emerald Phoenix. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, steelborn. They're yeah, the like, steelborn the are looking at like Emerald Phoenix. It's very unique name. Uh, do you think Hyria is... Is this a sign? Is this prophecy? Is this prophecy about the chitin? <laughs> the chitin. <laughs> they're like glancing back and forth. They're almost sharing worried looks at that. Um, and one of them says, if this is about the chitin, we need to immediately fetch the high priest. <laughs> he like stands and starts walking forward to the tower. You hear one of the others. Um, they they got on their knees for a act of God that I portrayed. You hear to them. one of the others uh, <laughs> saying, "If the high priest deems this to be truly a prophecy of Hyria, perhaps the Kaita can be reborn after all. This this could be good." And the other one kind of you you sense almost dread in their visage as they say. Is this is this good? Is this what we want? Do we want the Kaita to be revived? Do we we finally ended this practice? Do uh, you know what it was doing to them? Does anybody know what the Kaita are from our group? Mm. Quill will actually ask uh, that if that's no. cool. All I know is that uh, you're trying to play God. Nothing unfamiliar. I'll, I'll have to do a knowledge check or a history check I, if Marshall will allow it. I can allow it. You won't know. <laughs> like, see like uh, but i won't it's know. one of those things like even with the 20 it, it just you wouldn't know it's not something you've heard before okay that's fine and this seems like this means a lot to these people so um they mentioned reborn they mentioned rebirth whatever uh so i'm going to write below the emerald phoenix i'm, I'm gonna write the word renaissance the uh, the two are kind of talking amongst themselves and don't notice at first, and then the guy like slaps him on the arm really hard, and he's like, "It's happening again! 
just just wait. Just shut up and wait. And you see, uh, as you're like halfway through the word Renaissance, the doors burst open and a large being, uh, <laughs> a large being who, who appears to be human, uh, wearing um, all the accoutrement of a high priest, um, from the scepter to the hat to the robes and everything. And he's got this large, um, uh, what is it called? The banner that you wear. I can't think of the name. Oh. Uh, he's got a large one draped around his shoulders with the symbol of the cogs on either side. And a habit? He... Is it Maybe? a habit? Or like a... It's like the large scarf that you can wear around your shoulders that drapes yes. down. Um, anyway, he, he kneels down in front of the writing and he, as you're finishing the word renaissance and he starts like visibly, his mm. eyes are watering and he's saying a prayer to Hiria. And he says, oh, great machine, hear me. If this be your true will, we will find this emerald phoenix. And Renaissance, you, you wish us to revive the Kaita. Just like looking up at the sky. <laughs> you wish for us to revive the Kaita. But you can see like a small crowd beginning to form at the spectacle of these steelborn on their knees. Perhaps okay. We should stop. Just from the conversation, <laughs> hang on. This hang is on. important. <laughs> this, this is important, SDL. They, this is something they take very seriously. We could influence their their culture in such a positive way. But first, I'd like to make sure what the Kaida actually are. This. Did I hear in between the priest coming out and everything? Maybe. Does it sound like the Kaida would be a good thing or it a bad seems, thing? It seems they're divided to... amongst themselves whether or not this would be good or bad. Many of them believe, from, from overhearing just all of this that's happening consistently around you with the new people murmuring and stuff, it sounds like the Kaida being revived for the non-Steelborn would be a great blessing. But for the Steelborn, they seem quite opposed to the idea because they think that... Uh, just just from what you're picking up, I'll say, um, the Steelborn seem to think that the Kaida being being revived and brought back into the world would indicate a decline in the non-Steelborn species around them. I'm not... I, I, I can't say much um... more than that because you're not like able to physically engage in conversation mm -hmm. and, and glean out that info right now. Um... But that's kind of the, the vibe that you're getting, is that the non-Steelborn are really into the idea. I pull out one of my copper balls that I use for my more mundane um, artifice or, or magitech, excuse me, infusion. Mm -hmm. And I look to Quill. And I, I reach my hand out above where he's writing as if I was to drop it. But I don't drop it. You want me to take you this? Want me to? What do you... Lying. They're asking for a sign. Um, I think that the Steelborn, the impression that I'm getting is that the Kaida, something that they don't want to be reborn. It would be good to be able to send them a message to not do that. Although, yes, we definitely are kind of tricking them. They wear cogs I feel like... on their emblems, correct? Yes. May I, may I see your, your riding fire stick? 
Oh, the torch? Yes. I was just going to suggest make two cogs and make them look like they're stuck in between each other so it would be a bad path for them to take. Yeah, that's, about, that's about what I was going to do. I was just going to draw a cog and draw a big X through it. You know, like a don't do this <laughs> or you'll meet your demise or some bullshit. I don't know. Very funny. This is an illusion. I don't so I would make know. a religion check. <laughs> Who wants to? This is why I'm doing so bad. I'm plus zero religion. No proficiency, <laughs> that's right, no that's, bonus, that's it. nothing. Yep. <laughs> I'm very devout. Yeah, Can I do it. it? Yes. I was going to ask if you could. You are a man of faith. Yes, of course. I mean, I know the faiths. Am I devout? No. Right. Seven. Seven. <laughs> um. <laughs> wow. With, you've heard you? of Hyria. I rolled you've a seven. You've heard of Hyria. You know that it is a Durakai. That it is one of the outer gods. That its symbol is two interlocking gears. That's funny. That's all you know. It's just one of the one of the lesser gods. It's not a lesser no. god. <laughs> it's <laughs> no, that's that's yeah, that's him that's, just trying to him. bullshit yeah. together. <laughs> I know. You know. Yeah. To think I was starting to be less suspect of Orofarnit. You see the high priest, the human, <laughs> and he's like writing in the ground as well, <laughs> underneath Renaissance. In common, he writes. What be thy will? Oh, oh, oh. Now here's where it gets dark. Careful. Careful, Quill. <laughs> this feels careful. like dangerous I'm ground. Trying, I'm trying to be wise about this as to not influence their culture in such a negative way. I think this might be able to uh, show them something. You see the high priest look up after he writes, and he's looking at the azure light coming out of the crystal. And he says, could it be the will of Hyria to cause a renaissance in, in the Kaita? Please, pray, tell me, Hyria. He's like glancing at the sky and then looking back down at the dirt. <laughs> I'm going to try to imply to them that they should give it some more time by placing down my hourglass mm. and then take it away. Okay. So for a brief moment, the hourglass kind of enters their vision. And then as soon as you interact with it and pull it back, it fades. How long do you leave it? I'll say I'll leave it and kind of like watch them and see if they get a moment to kind of pause and think Are about it. Are you placing it on the full side or on the empty side? At the top. Um, I'm placing it on the, oh, where, where the full side okay. is at the bottom. So that way it doesn't imply that they're running out of time. It implies that, like, give it okay. some time. Now I'm going to roll to see if he interprets it that way. Because <laughs> <laughs> it could be like, yep, oh, that's, out He of got time. a two. <laughs> <laughs> As the hourglass falls oh. and, and uh, no sand is dropping, it's all settled neatly on the bottom to, as if to say, give it time, let it sit. He immediately turns back and he says, Hyria has spoken. We're out of time. We're out of time. <laughs> Hyria wishes for the Kaita to be reborn. He wishes for a renaissance. We must find this emerald phoenix, whatever that means. Uh, maybe it's one of the other towers. Check down. Uh, in Moeri talk, we, we've plenty of resources. We can find this, this thing. Uh, 
we're out of time and he turns back to like the hourglass and it's just fucking gone and he's like <laughs> he's like very flustered the steelborn around him uh the two that were or the three that were, were there from the beginning they um one of them is exchanging very worried glances with the other and uh, the third that had fetched the high priest is like smiling and seemingly very excited about the kaita being reborn and the other two are like, you know, this is going to end in disaster. They're going to rise up against us once more. It's not going to be good. A whole civilization will crumble. And the other one goes, or perhaps they've learned and great deeds can be accomplished. The Kaita being reborn could be the, re the renaissance of our world itself. Hiria said so. I, I'm going to draw what Quill described as two cogs that were stuck. On the ground. Sure. You Wipe draw two cogs. Wiping away all the text and drawing the two cogs stuck. You wipe away the text and you draw two cogs that are stuck together. And all of them look down and say, That's the symbol of Hyria, the two interlocking gears. Hyria has spoken. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> No, if I were still away of the four elements month, this shit would be so crazy. The things that I would make in the ground. As the high priest stands and kind of just like grasps the uh the vestige, I think that's what it's called. The vestige. The vestments. There we go. The vestments. Grabs the vestments. Um and kind of like tightly brings them to his chest and seems very proud and happy for a moment. He looks up at the sky and says, Yes, we shall revive the Kaita. Send word at once to all of the cities. We have much work to do. The spire's light shall reach the heavens once more. And walks back into the, into the, into the crystal tower. And as it does, the stillborn begin rising and moving away, dispersing together. And the intense heat begins to fade. And you find yourself standing in a storeroom covered in cobwebs and dust. Quill, you have a small <laughs> uh, hardened sand sculpture of two interlocking gears in your hand. You now see five watchers in the room. And that's where we're going to call it for tonight. 